What up, folks? Here we got another um, episode of Ignorant Bliss. This time I'm uh, talking to my friend David Brothers. You might know him from, you know, the Internet. Uh, he had this great blog called Fourth Letter. He has his own site, IamDavidBrothers.com. And he works for Image. He's a content manager at Image. He's been there for a little while now. I met him years ago in the con circuit. You know, we bought it over Jubilee. And, you know, we've been, we've been chilling cool ever since. You know what I'm saying? He's over here on the West Coast, Oakland, California, the Bay. Uh, and I hope you enjoyed the episode. I'll put links and stuff if you can. Retweet, post at Julian Lytle, L Y T L E, um, on most social media sites. Uh, if you want, you can go on iTunes and leave a review or whatever. If you don't, you don't have to. Um, I'll probably also put this on SoundCloud too. Again, you know my name. Get at it. crazy man but the weather's nice so like that's what i'm focusing on oh okay i saw that uh furious seven last night and it was tight furious seven well what's that about the fast and the furious seven oh okay yeah yeah, yeah. fast yeah. and the furious yeah, that, yeah furious seven life yeah Ooh. Ooh. i love that movie i love yeah that movie. man it's all good like i did i'm doing C2E2 next weekend, and I did Emerald City and WonderCon back-to-back, so I'm just sleeping all the time. Dang, man. Your, your con hustle was so crazy. Yeah. You know, being the master of ceremonies, the image <laughs> panels, man. It's fun. Like, it, it's, like, it gets tiring, but it's a trip at the same time. All that flying, bro. All that flying or moves traveling yeah. around. I'm still nervous on airplanes. I can't lie. Yo, it's like I've only started flying since I've been going to cons, and yeah. like it never stops being weird. Yeah, <laughs> like I'm always listening extra hard, like just in case I can hear something going wrong, even though that's absurd. Hey, I don't know, man. They got people <laughs> in Europe crashing planes. I just want to make sure. I just want to be prepared when I'm on a yeah. plane. Yeah, I want to meet the pilot, like yeah. just in case. <laughs> It makes sense why John Madden is like, yo, let me get that bus. <laughs> Man. So, but yeah, uh, what'd you want to, what'd you want to get into? I guess, you know, just, just talk about things. It's, it, I haven't actually talked to you in a while in person because I haven't been in any cons or anything. Yeah, that's true. You know, I haven't, I haven't been getting approved. I didn't get approved for anything last year. I didn't get approved oh, really? for tables for anything last year. So... Are they all run by the same company? Uh, different ones. Most, okay. I didn't, it was surprising I didn't get into any of the Reed ones, though. Because yeah. I got into, like, every single New York Comic Con from the jump, and then, like, all of a sudden, <laughs> like, I'm not cool anymore or something. I don't know. Yeah. That's weird, man. Yeah, I guess, you know, it just got to a point where this year, I was just like, I'm just going to take off on purpose. Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe comics don't really like me no more or something. So I just, it's like, oh, chill. Yeah. 
how does that feel though? Like, are you okay with that? Like decision, that feeling? You know what about just taking a chill break or just the whole yeah, feeling that like comics don't like me? Uh, the chill break. It feels all right. Cause you know, actually I haven't felt like drawing a little while. Uh, mm-hmm. Life stuff, you know, the news. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I can definitely relate. You know, personal interactions, ladies, and mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? And I ain't gonna lie, like, that whole, like, the Marvel thing with the, the run the, the run jewels, the jewels. Goes, yeah. It, it still bothers me. It still yeah. bothers me. It's, like, always in the background. No, that makes sense. And, like, I can't blame you at all because I, I really feel like that's a bite. I just don't see how it's not. It gets to a point where it's, like, it just, I can't see how it's not a bite. Yeah. Like the concept, of, like the whole thing is a bite because they wasn't really doing that before. Yeah. What it is is a joke because for some reason MC Hammer's a joke. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But, it's like the the disrespect that comes from not being in the culture is kind of killer sometimes. Yeah. It's just, it'd be something that they did it more often. Mm-hmm. But to act like all oh, this is brand new when like the first public rap song ever had like an entire verse about Superman. Yeah. And like Yeah, and like like now you putting up pictures of, of Method Man on your Instagram talking about he's a really? Ghost Rider fan. Like he's been calling himself Johnny Blaze for twenty years. Yeah, that's and uh, like Brandon Graham likes to talk about how like rap has been very good to comics, but comics has not been anything to rap. It's you know, true. just through neglect. And like I feel like he's a hundred percent right, but it's so depressing because I'm into both. Like I grew up on both, and I think that me and you were in the same boat where they both had like a similar effect on our lives. Like they matter in a way a lot of things don't. Yeah, but it's like you just can't get any love for rap and black culture and comics. And it's like it's, it's a, not sustainable. It's and like at all, it just seems like you. It's funny because I think some of the most diehard, most true believing fans have been, yeah, like people in the hood, yeah, like, and they don't get like they latch on to like the little bits, but they're never. Yeah, I always like call the, them like caveat comics because you gotta like include a caveat when you recommend them. We're like, this is really good, except for this part. Yeah, and it's a, it's a bummer to just kind of be under that for so long. It's, it's just it's like it's weird that like none of the black characters get to a point where they feel black. Yeah, like none of the Latino characters feel really seriously like Latino like yeah like the Asian characters never feel seriously from Asian American culture so like the Asian American experience is never in it because if I want to read characters about Japan I could just read like millions of pages of manga I can go read like South Korean comics I can go read Chinese comics where I did in college but like the Asian American experience much like television is like Mm-hmm. doesn't exist like it still bothers me that like Jubilee was made into a fucking vampire because it's like there was so much potential for like the 90s 
the nineties kids generation's Kitty Pride. Like Kitty Pride is an eighties yeah. teenager thing. It's like Definitely. a generation Xer, but like the millennial teenage X Man is Jubilee. Like that's it. Like when I got X Men number one, I was the right age for Jubilee to be like that cool older teen character, you know? Oh yeah. And it was so perfect, like so perfectly pitched. I was like, she was perfect. She was sarcastic. She was gully. She saved people. Yeah. It was like everything you wanted. It's almost like everything you wanted from like, you know, the big thing about having a female Robin, like Jubilee was that. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. That's why they matched her up with uh, Tim Drake in that Amalgam's comics. Yeah, it was perfect because it's like, yeah, that's what she she does. Like she's like self-sufficient and it's just like, yo, y'all don't. And it, even the whole Generation X was just everything. Like that's like my favorite X-Men comic because it's like, yo, they had like a black kid from freaking Atlanta that was just chilling <laughs> and he was just like dumb powerful but he was calm they had like Monet and she was yeah, like Chamber stuck was up Chamber was Britain they had Skin who was like oh West Coast Latin gangster like I was like yeah. and no one exploits that I was like what if he ever goes back to the hood like you're an X-Man but what if you go back <laughs> to the streets like that's what I liked about X-Force in that same time or maybe a little bit before Generation X was that uh, it was crazy multi-ethnic too Yes. Like there's basically there was X-Force that had two different types of Latinos on the team and there was yeah. Blood Syndicate at a milestone. And then there was just like one from then until now. Like that was the rule. But like just having like a Mexican and a Bronx Puerto Rican on the same team is like some cool thing. I know because it's like those are different people. Like those yeah, they, exactly. like everything's different about that. And it's like, man. And then, like, Milestone, too, it just, like, I don't think I appreciated as much as I should have when I was a kid. Oh, man. As an adult, though, like, I love it. Like, I want to write letters and just, like, campaign. It's like, I want to, like, it gets to the point, it's like, yeah, I want to do that. Yeah. Like, that's what I want to do. Like, what they, like, like, if if Milestone is, like, Uptown Records and they, like, yeah. Andre Harrell, like, I don't know how, but I got to become like Jay-Z of Puffy or something. Like, they, <laughs> there was nobody to pick that up. Yeah. But it's, I think that now that where we're at with, um like, digital comics and Kickstarter and Patreon and that sort of thing, like, that's going to change a whole lot. Yeah. Because I don't think Marvel and DC will ever really be down. Like, that's not, it's not in their business plan necessarily. Because they want, they want, like, all of America and you can get all of America basically with just like white people and white people writing colored people. But like the more people who can do their own thing, like the doper stuff we're going to end up with, I think. That's true. It's just, it's weird to see like, cause Marvel is just seen a certain way. Yeah. They have such good, like people, people straight up dick ride them, but you know, yeah. for the ones that ain't dick riding, they just seem so well, but it's just like, if you just like critically think sometimes, it's like, but what about this? Or what about that? Like, I still don't, like when your parent company puts on more black people yeah. than you do, and like, you don't get no more mainstream than Disney. I, there was a black person in Cinderella. There was no yeah. black person in that cartoon movie, but <laughs> hey, like, 
Kenneth Branagh was like, the prince's main dude is going to be a black dude. I'm like, ah, okay, I'm right with you, Branagh. Like, all right, like, let's go. Like, blackish is on TV. Like, yeah, fresh off the boat, too, which is amazing to me. Fresh off the boat is hilarious, but I also, like, since I've been watching Eddie Wong's, like, Vice, like, food show for, like, two yeah. years, and I've, like, like, I've read some of his book, and I, like, actually, like, read about him and, like, listened to him. I get his points about the show because mm-hmm. he has issues because since it's his life. Yeah, he says that they played down a lot of stuff. Yeah. Like, his dad wasn't, like, a comedy sitcom dad at all. Nah, he was an Asian dad. Like, and that's, yeah. like I don't know. I'm black. We call ass beatings. You don't really. <laughs> it's funny how, like, they're not going to put that in that show, but they had a whole episode of Blackish. Yeah. About ass beating. Like, <laughs> should he do the ass beating? And his dad is like, you should beat that little ass. And he's like, I can't do it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but it's 93. Like, clearly, young Eddie Wong was catching that ass whooping. Like, <laughs> yeah, definitely. You know, that's straight up minority experience in America for like mad long, yo. You're catching <laughs> ass whoopings. You mess up, you're catching a beating. Which is like, you know, not PC to say now, but yeah, it is what it is. Yeah, I'm from that. I'm, I I caught my chair. I'll put it like you know, that. Take an L. Just don't do that shit no more. Yeah, exactly. But that's even though it's like fresh off the boat and blackish, like it took people of color getting a look to even get those on TV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just it's a it's amazing, though, because now, like, since that happened, there's going to be like this influx. Yeah, I can't wait. It's going to be like the 90s again. I, the the decade in which people like to hate on yet was probably like the dopest decade. Yeah. You know, like like the 80s is cool, but it's not the 90s. Like the <laughs> 90s is a fucking amazing. Like like just that run, uh, the, like beginning with In Living Color all the way through through like Moesha. There were just so many classic sitcoms. You know, these like, TV shows. Like, 95 alone, just, like, 95, 90. Like, it's funny you think back. It's like, yo, Steve Urkel was, like, the biggest thing on television. For like, <laughs> years. Like, Fresh Prince had a sh- Like, Will Smith was on a show, then did two movies back to back. Like. Yeah. He killed everything. Martin was killing every Like, everything was popping. Everything was popping. Like, hip-hop was popping. TV was popping. It's just funny because it's like I never really, you know, to go back to comics, like we never even had that shot really to yeah. like pop off and even get like drug back away. Like, yeah, that's true. It's just like it's always just white dudes writing everything, like just white dudes, not even yeah. like a bunch of white women, like, <laughs> like they can't even eat, like, y'all even letting them eat, like. Damn, it's like still the civil rights movement and suffrage in this bitch. Like yeah. at the same time. <laughs> yeah, I just like I, I think about like the diversity. I don't know conversation problem, whatever you want to call it, like a lot. And I don't see how to fix it without like owning a big company. You know what I mean? Yeah, me either. Like, like I don't know how do you. And even it's... then, like Joe Casada is the top dog at Marvel. And like it's still, they're still doing the same old thing. Yeah, Alonso, they both little two Latino dudes. Yeah, I'm like, for real, like y'all, y'all, and like Alonso, I thought he grew up in like on the block. Like, oh, yeah, he's from out here in the Bay, apparently. Like, 
Yo, and like they've done some, they've done good. Like I don't want to make it sound like they're terrible because, um, like Alonzo will try anything new. It seems like, which I really yeah. appreciate. But like, just none of it is hit the way that it needs to. It's it's still so it's, for some reason it still comes back, and I don't know if it's a store thing because you know they gotta make stuff that the store owners will buy. Mm-hmm. Or is I think it that's a, a big part of it. Yeah, or a fan base thing, or like. Because then, like, the stores really only buy what their fans will buy. But the thing, what I think is that fans will buy anything if you can prove to them that it's cool. Yeah. Because, like, Fast and the Furious, is, is, it just made a billion dollars, right? Like, Yes. And yes. Im- imagine going back to 1999 or 2000 when you first saw that movie and being like, there's going to be there's gonna be more of these than there are Godfathers and Star Wars, and it's going to make a billion dollars in, like, two weeks. Nice. Like, that's crazy. There's no way in hell, like, <laughs> there was no way in hell, because I, like, I fuss with Fast and the Furious. First of all, I think I got the two, I, which I liked. I was like, yeah, I, didn't I don't see even three. know how you was going to get to, like, when <laughs> I saw three and I finally saw three, I was like, man, they might make a four. Yeah. But no way in hell was I was going to think it was going to become, you know, like, as I like to call it, Black Avengers. Like, Yeah, no, 100%. That's what I've been saying, Black James Bond, but same thing, basically. It's everything, like, because this movie was like, <laughs> Black Mission Impossible. I was like, yeah. well, well, shit, okay. <laughs> but that's the thing where, like, people are open up to anything, but since retailers have to make money, like, they have to stay in business, they're more conservative than the fan base. Yeah. And I, I just mean that in, like, a economic sense, not like, you know, yeah. the hate gay marriage or whatever. So, like, they're like, we don't want to take a big risk. And since they don't take a big risk, then the fans don't see that new hotness. Yeah. There's people making comics right now that could be, that should be legendary. But, like, they just can't get their books seen. Yeah, it, it, that depresses me. I'm just like, yeah. I don't know why this isn't hot. And yeah. that's hot. And I know there's sometimes, like, a little underground fan bases that could prop things up. So, like, when I find out about, like, fan bases boosting up, let's say, like, Captain Marvel and Image and Miss Marvel. I mean, I don't Image, I mean, like, Marvel. Like, all that stuff. And, like, Lumberjanes over there or, like, yeah. Bitch Planet. That shit get me kind of hyped because it's, like, like they ground roots in it and they doing it for self. Yeah. Like, I respect Kelly Sue so much for just even, like, leading that charge or even being at the forefront of that charge. Yeah, she, she gully, like. Yeah, like, it's the it's the most amazing thing in comics to me right now is that we've got this for real, like, Mary Marvel marching society, but it's actually, like, intelligent and conscious about what it's doing. And it's enthusiasm-based, too, which is big for me right now. Yeah, yeah, and it's like, they get hype, and they get yeah. defensive, and they get, like... And it's funny because, like, when I see that and then, like, when I see the reactions to it from, let's say, like, the older fan base. Yeah. The older dude fan base. They and treat it like it's not real or they haven't paid their dues. Like, and it's, it, it bothers me. And so, like, because it feels like I've had many moments when I've been in a comic book store. And I'm around, you know, quote unquote geeks. And I mm-hmm. never really fuck I never really fit in with geeks because A, I didn't buy comics in a comic book store growing up. Yeah, I was a trader as a kid. I was I this shit was in the grocery store, like 
Yeah. <laughs> it was in the, there was this dope little convenience store in the mall across from the timeout and I would go buy X-Men and Wildstorm comics and I'll go to timeout play Street Fighter. It was nothing but, it was nothing but like black people in there. Yeah. We listen to rap music and we play Street Fighter. Like the most hood 90 <laughs> shit ever. Wu-Tang Street Fighter X-Men comics. Like, so this like dynamic of like feeling picked on and you know, like, not feeling right, and I guess they, they they get to a point where like they lash out because now they got like I don't know power or feel like they got power. Yeah, now they're the gatekeepers. Yeah, and they just I never fit in with that because it's like, dude, I like like dude, I like basketball and Nikes and rap yeah. music, and I go yeah, outside I like same boat. <laughs> like I don't understand what are you talking about? Like so like when I see like yeah, girls in it, hooray, high five! Like we needed this. I've been wanting this shit forever. <laughs> like this is what it's supposed to be. Like I watched Sailor Moon every morning before I went to school. And I ate my breakfast because it was dope. Like wouldn't ah. that come on right before uh, Savage Dragon? Like that whole block on USA. See, I didn't have cable, so it would come on syndication. They would play that oh, shit. It's Dragon yeah. Ball. Like I oh, was like, man. what, like ninety four, ninety five? <laughs> anime every morning before school. Like yo, like, I don't have to take watch the tape. I don't do traveling. Like hmm eating cereal yeah. like running out so it's like this it's like the whole like back and forth and like calling them like oh you ain't real fans or this you know the fake outrage should be blowing me yeah that's a huge pet peeve like I lose respect for people pretty much as soon as I see them talk about that cause it's like I see people bitch up over a character change in an outfit that's yeah. fake outrage <laughs> But like the continue for a little marginalized by an entire like industry on some shit and like you get like a little bit of shine. Yeah. And then they just go back and like kinda like some dude just comes in and like checks you like, Oh yeah, I still wanna fuck this character though. Like <laughs> Like you for real, like you gonna do that? Like and then you gonna get mad when people like it's like how you gonna get mad at people's feelings though. Yeah, like, like when you're basically just calling somebody a liar is what it comes down to. Cause like being mad doesn't feel good. Nah, it don't. And like, there's no level of being mad in comics that'll like get you paid. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Cause you, I feel like you can do that on the national stage. Like you can be that person for better or for worse, but this is comic books. Like there's a joke that there's $23 in comics and it's all passed around like at conventions. <laughs> <laughs> that's what, it, that's what it feels like. It's just like, like that Frank Cho shit bothered me. Yeah, it was not a good look because like the it's it's always the context that kills because people don't realize like they see their their perspective on it. And and so he's like, like I like his art. Like he's I feel like he's talented, but he's like I'm going to draw a sexy version of this character because that's what I do. But it's like a sexy version of a character that young women have latched onto in a huge way. Yeah. So it's like a slap in the face. Like I was at, you know, uh, WonderCon a couple of weeks ago and hands down, like the, like Harley Quinn was the most popular costume I saw. The yeah. next most popular was spider Gwen. Mm. And it's just all young women who are like into this and like they have a entryway into it that they didn't have before. So it's like, don't like maybe wait a little bit before you step on that. Yeah. It's like, it's too new. It's too yeah. fresh. And then like, my main thing was just like, oh yeah, you're gonna use that Minara cover. Yeah. You're gonna use something that people already got issues with. It's like you like you pulling the scab or you pulling like you yanking the band-aid off something that's like it ain't totally healed up yet. 
Yeah. Hey, then I'm going to throw the new Spider female character on the like Spider Woman already have her baggage of just dress and be like a sex object. Yeah. And then he drew it that way and people felt some type of way. We kind of got past it a little bit. Mm-hmm. But like Spider Gwen, like, yeah, she walks around in like what? Like some leggings and a hoodie and some dope ass Nikes or some shit. It's like real fashion. <laughs> yeah. She's just like geared. She's like, oh, put a mask on and just like being OG Spider Man stories. So I'm like, why are you all re- like it's her second issue y'all all and this is cool yeah like it's funny like on even the terms of a joke like y'all like y'all sense of humor suspect because that means like that shit wouldn't pass any joke like this dude drew comic strips mm-hmm. he knows how to tell a joke i read liberty meadows yeah every day yeah i he still have those better. collections he could do so much better Honestly, what I think it is, is like, you know, when you're in the moment and it's just you and you think they were all on a level playing field. Like, I could see how this would be funny or how you could think it would be funny. But like, once you look around at like the way we treat women in our culture and specifically in comics, like it's not funny anymore. Yeah. It's just, it's just like it to me, it was, it was tasteless. Yeah. He did it. He did it to poke somebody. Yeah. Like we talk all this shit about bullying right now. Mm-hmm. And like if it, effectively that's what he's doing. Like, yo, I'm gonna take your toy and do so it's like when the boys would take the girls Barbies and have G.I. Joe have sex with them. <laughs> yeah. And you wanna do that, and then when people get mad, your whole team is gonna jump on them. Then you gonna get you gonna get boosted up, and then you gonna draw Harley Quinn like that. Yeah, I think the uh, like the Gamergate stuff especially makes it a real bad look at the moment. Oh, that shit was horrible. The Gamergate stuff was horrible. Yeah, like I barely even talked about it because it's just disgusting to me. Uh, like personally, because like I worked in video games and I grew up playing video games with my cousin. Like she was my player too. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like I just don't understand the whole mentality. And I think that, like, you got to be conscious of that stuff right now because there's so much that, like, we just don't understand from our perspective, either as men or as black men, you know, whatever, whatever. Yeah. Like, you got to be, you got to wait a little bit before you speak on things sometimes. Like, get the facts before before you make a decision. Yeah, the Gamergate thing always confused me, the whole culture of it, of gaming becoming so male-oriented. Yeah. I think happened... Around the time Xbox came out and like PC gaming and first person shooters kind of took over oh, for me yeah. because it's like it's Halo like, was popping off and Call of Duty. Yeah, yeah, like because it's like everything from Nintendo up until then. Yeah, you know yeah, it was male focused, but most of my childhood memories of playing games, girls was involved, like Bubble yeah. Bobble, like all of the, like Legend of Zelda, all that, like. Super Mario, like everybody was playing, everybody was good. Mm-hmm. And then it's just like, you know, I become an adult. My game playing change up. The death of arcades happened because arcades, everybody come in. Yeah, it was kind of male focused. I ain't gonna lie, but like on yeah. Fridays or in the movie theater, yo, everybody playing the game. Like, like to me, you always go back to Street Fighter. Street Fighter was, you know, it's it's how good you are. I really don't yeah. give a damn what gender you are. Like. If you could whoop somebody, you could whoop somebody. Like now that I'm thinking about it too, uh, kind of the rise of Xbox and like console online, 
like mm-hmm. the killed person to person gameplay. Yeah. If you play Street Fighter with somebody, you were standing next to them. And it's harder to be, you know, like you can still do it, but it's a lot harder to be racist or sexist when you're looking in somebody's eyes. Or even talk shit in general. Cause yeah. You might get smacked in the mouth. Like, yeah, exactly. Like I've seen guns pull the Street Fighter. Like people think yeah. this shit is a game. Like, like no, like. And I, I guess just, much like life, it's like if you live in the tougher areas, you you see some things, or even around the most simplest pleasures, like yeah. But that's the thing where, like, it just made people see other people not as people. Yeah. You know, it's like when you're behind a screen name or whatever, and like I'm fine with anonymity and using a nickname and that kind of thing. Like, just own your name, you know. Yeah. But like, don't forget that people are people at the same time. Hey, they, 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 it's interesting the discussions within like the geek community about freedom of speech. Yeah. And censorship. It's like, I don't know if you, if you all actually understand what censorship is. Yeah. Especially when we're living in a world that's so connected and we can literally see censorship happening in other countries. Like in live, live, you know, live streams almost. Like I, yeah. you see stuff out of China all the time. Yeah. Where they can't access this website or that. Like countries where they can't talk about this or like the state says like X, like nah, that's yeah. censorship. Somebody saying some shit is whack and like <laughs> I'm not going to support it financially is a censorship. That's someone's voice and their opinion and like standing for something. Yeah. Ain't censorship. <laughs> <laughs> like I don't know when, when did that happen? That's the new 20, 2014, 2015 version of censorship right there. I'll be like, that's, that's a new level of shit. <laughs> Like being mildly critical of something. Yeah, like all oh, that censorship. Like, really? Like, that's what happened. That's what the ain't it cool news era then brought. Like, that means oh, the democracy of, of 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 criticism <laughs> has reached the point that if you do criticize something, it is now reaching levels of censorship because there's too many fans involved. Like, really? Yeah, I feel like I don't even know. Like, there's so much. There's like for a long time critics were like basically one type of person like Mm -hmm. relatively uh well off well not well off i shouldn't say but like comfortable yeah maybe more than a mcdonald's worker would be but now we're at a point where anybody can talk about movies so we have all these different perspectives coming in yeah and i think that people are like whoa this is new and i don't know how to handle it so they react with you know like fear and anger yeah, it's fear angle, and it's like it's almost like a sense of entitlement because it seemed like before, like along with a lot of things, like the the nature of the quote unquote gatekeepers or like the editorial standard and the yeah and the fact there was less voices or there was people was like all right, we're team New York Times, we're team well, almost like we're team New York Press, we're team LA Press, we're team this, yeah, and we're gonna say this, and this is where we're coming from, and these people wrote a lot or they read a lot or they went to school or they did this, and this is their opinions and views on the merits of this thing throughout the history of X. Mm-hmm. But now it's just like anybody can say anything, so that not only do they disrespect people with knowledge of things. Like, if you're not, like, team fan of this, mm-hmm. we're going to team up count. on you. You're yeah. the enemy. And, you, and if you are team fan and you speak against it in a way that we're not comfortable with, that's what no. kills me, I think. 
Um, like in comics for me personally, like I got into a lot of like dumb fights because I would say like, I like this, but, and then I would talk about something I didn't like about it. Yeah. And that like, I could, I could say all types of wild stuff on my own, but as soon as I stepped into that realm, for some reason, it would get nasty every time. Yeah. Yeah. Like what, like that time, like what, Steven Wacker? Oh yeah. When beef I was like, with you publicly, <laughs> like, like in the said, comic? But- yeah, that was crazy because I was like, Daredevil is tight, but y'all are going to burn out your artist, you know, double shipping. And it was like, I handled it poorly in hindsight. Like, I, told, I totally caught my feelings. But uh, also, I won because now artists are saying that stuff, too. Yeah. Like, there are artists yeah. who have quit Marvel because they're like, yeah, double shipping makes for shitty storytelling. Because they can't keep up. Yeah. And it's like... Say, how about this? Maybe let's stop writing story arcs that are six issues long mm-hmm. and write a story that's, I don't know, an issue. Like, it worked for 40 previous years. <laughs> like, it's that I, thing, like, I, like, I don't know anything about the business of comics. Like, I'm, I'm not good at that stuff. But, like, I know what a good comic is. I can kind of figure out how to make a good, not personally, but, like, the ingredients that go into it. And, like, a comfortable, happy artist is number one on that list. If you gotta draw like you know twenty pages every two weeks, like you're not gonna be very happy. I I think really it's part of this trend of the devaluation of of artists of the visual oh, part of 100%. comics, colorists, and, letterers, everybody. Yeah, like I don't understand why their names ain't on the books. Like I'm like the writer is cool and all. Yeah. It, to me, I guess for me, it goes into that whole general comic thing of hating on the nineties, mm-hmm. in which in which the artists got literally so big, they became like, oh, Rob Liefeld chilling with Steven Spielberg, yeah. um, Mark Sylvester going to the Playboy Mansion, yeah. and a bunch of people leaving, and then they come back, and it's like writers came through, or basically a bunch of people who was grinding out being writer artists. Decide like, oh, I can get more money if I just write the books mm-hmm. instead of drawing them and writing them. I can just get paid. Nothing against that hustle. Like, kudos for Brian Michael Bendis for being a writer artist, getting the shot to write books. Yeah, his bread success books. story is crazy. Like, yo, he, like, he was doing indie crime comics, and now he's Marvel's like top superhero guy. He he he, like he has to be kicking. He has a goddamn TV show. Yeah. It pops up every time I turn on my PS4 talk about, <laughs> oh, a new episode is out. Like, I'm like, oh, okay, whatever, caking, whatever. Yeah. But it's just this thing, just like, I'm like, yeah, right as a kind like, and I think it's because I shifted to reading so much manga mm-hmm. with like, and then like almost 90% of it is, is the writer artists or like dudes who just do everything, dudes and females who do everything. They say, like, I write it and then I draw it. Blah, blah, yeah. blah. Like, and even the know. ones that are writers and artists, like usually the artist is still on the writing side too. Yeah. Cause they, thanks to Bakuman, I know now they got to like draw the whole goddamn thing out <laughs> and show it to the editor and then redraw the whole goddamn comic before it comes out. Like, <laughs> like what the fuck? Like, damn, that would kill American comic book artists yeah. do it twice all the time. <laughs> um, but it's just like, like, why is the writer that much important? Like, how are you? I think it's because the writer can produce more. Like, Marvel and DC, they make comics and they make comics art, but they're not in the art business, you know, like the way, like, Fantagraphics would be. 
Yeah. Uh, they're putting out products, which sounds like super cold and evil. And I like a lot of those books, but like it's, it's meant to, you know, strengthen a brand. And that means like you got to have it on the shelves. Like that's what they're aiming for. So if you have a writer that can do, you know, uh, write a six issue arc like every couple months or whatever, not every couple months, but you know, like a realistic deadline. Like yeah. you can, you can put that person in charge of more than an artist who can just do, you know, 20 to 40 pages a month. Yeah. I also never understood how come artists didn't, I still don't get why more successful artists don't have assistance. I think a lot do. I'm coming to find out, um, like just working and like talking with people. Cause like if someone's working in a studio environment, like they definitely have access to assistance. Yeah. <clears throat> but I've just, maybe I mean like the level of assistance where, you know, you can get out like, Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Like manga level, like, Oh, I can kick out 19 pages in a week type of shit. Like, mm-hmm. like that level of assistance. Like if I'm, like if I'm that much of a name and I know I can bring in X amount of money per book, mm-hmm. yo, somebody else is is drawing all the rubble. Somebody else is drawing every street sign. Like I'm only drawing Spider Man. Yeah, the no, One Piece tactic. Yeah, like I'm only drawing that. Like yeah, and you know Oda is was he making like. How many million a year in U.S. dollars? Because it's, it's got to be crazy. It's, like it's one piece sales 10. dropped and it's just selling four million in trade paperback now. Oh, just four. Yeah, <laughs> like and down from like seven or six or something. Like yeah, like Attack on Titan eight into its sales that much, but yeah, <laughs> still like wow, only four million a, a trade. Like oh, and that's not even a year. Like a couple of those come out every year. Like it's it's absurd. It's the level of just guap it's just like in terms of business sense I don't in terms of brand managing I don't always get what Marvel DC does yeah but I'm like okay well I guess they're successful enough within comics because everyone's happy and sales are up so yeah I think that like for comic shops especially we need we need those two yeah just because they're, they're so such a big part of the business and the movies are good PR for comic books sometimes yeah, but like I'm not their target audience anymore. Yeah. Like that's that's the weird part is like growing up on it and then realizing that that yeah. like maybe it wasn't aimed at me at all. Yeah, that, or I don't know if it was ever like I still think like the '90s was kind of weird mm-hmm. because they have some different voices. Like I ain't gonna lie, when I was growing up, I read mostly only X Men comics and mm-hmm. Wildstorm comics. Yeah, and it was mad. It was mad black folks eating over Wildstorm, and it was mad Asian people eating at Wildstorm too. So Even up through the books. end, there was uh, that dude JJ Kirby was super nice. It's one of my one of my favorite dudes in the game. I remember there was this old show on Sci-Fi Network talking about comics, mm-hmm. and that was like the first time I saw like a bunch of young black dudes in comics, and they all worked at Wildstorm. <laughs> I was like. Yo, image is the shit. Yeah. <laughs> like, like people in the West Coast chilling, wearing seat belts as belts. Like <laughs> all motherfuckers is chilling. Like that's what's up. So it skewed my perception of the game because they didn't look like corny enough. In like it was yeah. chilling. The books was cool. It was like a bunch of Filipinos and like black <laughs> people and like just writing comic books that was awesome. 
And like now, it feels like, all right, I know your target demo is like grown ass men. Yeah. But I guess it's for grown ass men who like, who kind of not as cool anymore. And like, I don't think I'm a cool person. Mm-hmm. I, I consider myself a square, but like, I go out like every weekend. Like I got friends who got like galleries and shit. We be going out. I be out to three in the morning on the weekends, some crazy shit like that. I'm like, like I like I listen to like new rap music, <laughs> like new 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 rap music, not just like stuff from 2004. Like I listen to stuff that come out like last week. Like oh, yeah, it drives shit. me crazy when people are like, oh, I stopped listening to rap in the 90s, and they still call themselves a rap fan. I was like, you fail. Yeah. Like, no, you're a, you're a Jay-Z fan. Like, that's what yeah. that is. <laughs> it's like, you like some hits or like, like, yeah, like, so it's like, I don't fit in. So when I read the comments, it's like, that's not cool. Like, I'm still getting to the point. It's like, how come Luke Cage never talked like he from Harlem? <laughs> like, I'm watching interviews with Dame Dash. It's like, and right, I think back, like, yeah, that's kind of like how dudes from Harlem talk, like Kevin Cameron yeah. and, and ASAP Rocky. Like, how come they, Luke Cage never talks like them? Like, <laughs> I just, I really said it's like, why? That doesn't make sense. And that's like, I don't see why people see like diversity as a threat because it would just make things so much doper. Like, yeah. people like rap music because of black tourism, basically. Mm-hmm. Like they get a taste of like a specific side of the culture that they they think is true or whatever, and like if you throw a little like it's terrible, but if you put a little bit of that in the comics, the comics would be so much cooler. It'd be so amazing. Like, like every time you get a comic with like some type of flavor, it's always mind blowing. Yeah, like just a little bit. Like oh wow. Yeah. Gosh. Like, like oh, Jeff Parker had uh, somebody at Thunderbolt say swole one time. And I swear it was like just a gift for me and my friends because that was hilarious. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, yes. Like, I get it, finally. Like, I was like, I was just like, or like, I ain't gonna lie, like when I first read Mr. Miracle and he had like mother box spelled like oh, big yeah, boy like speaker box, box, I was like, <laughs> my brain was like, hold up. This Scottish dude is really like he listens to the Outcast. <laughs> like, like what? <laughs> Let yeah. me continue reading this. <laughs> People just don't get like how how exciting that is. Like I don't know if it feels. It's probably not. It doesn't even feel like seeing the Beatles reference because they're everywhere. You know, like they're a part yeah. of the culture. But that's like an inside joke, like a shared shared culture moment right there. Like that's what makes you love something forever. You know what I mean? Yeah, it fits the it fits like the world. And it's yeah. just like I don't know if like I can't I, like there's certain things like I read Hickman's well I read Hickman's Avengers mm-hmm. up to the point in which I stopped reading Marvel, and I just like the fact that it's funny because it's kind of one of the most least selling Avengers books. Uh huh. But it was so diverse. Like he has freaking Sunspot. Oh, he's got Being that duo. awesome. Yeah, like Cannonball Sunspot, like and Cannon like Sunspot runs AIM and shit. I'm just like, really? <laughs> like he bought AIM and they just chilling, like leading the team Avengers and like Captain Universe is like a black woman and like there's just Nightfall. There's just mad black people, Latinos and like women in the team. It's yeah. just like, and it's like, of course, it's also like one of the densest stories ever. Like, of course, people wouldn't want to buy read this Avengers title. Of course, it would lose sales. Like, yeah. It's the like it's the it's the first Avengers team to look like the X Men from the nineties, and everybody <laughs> stops buying it. 
I love that that Cannonball Sunspot friendship. Like that was one of my favorite things as a kid. Oh, it's so cool. Like it's so cool. They're just homies. It's, yeah. It's Paul Walker and, and <laughs> Vin Diesel. Like, because like I grew up in the South. Like when I was I was knee deep in Georgia when those were coming out. So like I was friends with rednecks and black people alike. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like their accents were never that real. Like I can't front on that. They yeah. had sunspot speaking Spanish half the time. Yeah. But it was, it was still real. Like their interplay. Like they were conscious of the fact that they were white and brown. But like it didn't really it didn't really matter. It just it was just life. Yeah. It just, it's funny because it's just kind of like it's just weird when you just see kind of stuff like that just ignored mm-hmm. and like a bunch of other things put into the front. Or even sometimes, like, when they kind of, like, take certain things away. And, like, it was for a while where I felt the X-Men became... It was, like, a bunch of writers who decided, like, the X-Men is just going to be a completely allegory about homosexuality. Mm-hmm. I'm like, like, nah, the X-Men was just kind of an allegory for being a minority. And, like, all that shit was stewed together like gumbo. Like, yeah, being absolutely. gay, being black... Being Latino, being Asian, like <laughs> like being Jewish, and your family was like escaped the hollow, like all that stuff was mixed all together in this great soup of minorityness. Like everybody, like I got this story about South Africa. Like let's go. I was like, let's like, do it. Yeah, let's <laughs> I was like, I just read about apartheid in South Africa. I'm gonna make up Genosha. Like I'm just gonna do it. Like mm, this is like totally like where they mess up. Um is where they get too specific. Yeah. Because then, like, you're dealing with real experiences. If you're just yes. kind of a generic, like, oh, it's a metaphor for oppression and subaltern cultures, like, that's cool because you can do a lot with that. Yeah. But when you're, like, hair politics or something like that or interracial dating politics, like, then yeah. you're in somebody's life, and that's a lot harder to turn into, like, entertaining fiction. Yeah. Especially if you don't, if you're not, like, part of it. Yeah. Like, that means you're completely looking from the outside and you don't have any experiences or basis. Mm-hmm. It's like, where are you Where are you pulling this from? Do you remember when Dwayne McDuffie was writing uh, Fantastic Four? Yes. And he had that scene where Storm was like, my hair is natural and you, you like need to test me. My hair is real. Yeah. <laughs> it's real. <laughs> like, every black like, person I knew, like, flipped out. Like, it was hilarious. It was it was so good because Stick was like, your hair ain't real. He's like, what? <laughs> what? I was like, like, hold, I was like, I looked at the front cover. I was like, is this a, first of all, like, wow. Like, wow. And she yeah, had, like, Marvel thing was like a fantastic four. <laughs> thing was hanging, like, holding her by her hair. She got her arms crossed, like. And Panther was like, shouldn't have done it. <laughs> yeah, like, he was just, like, shaking his head. He's like, you, like, I don't know why you even did that, Ben. Like, I don't even know what you're thinking. I was like, wow. Like, I'm, yeah, I miss Dwayne McDuffie writing superhero comics. It's like, yeah. once he died. I don't think they ever let anybody else in like him. Like the ability to just move in throughout all the worlds mm-hmm. with ease and subtlety in which he could fold in cultural things. Yeah, it was never like I never felt like I was reading a tract when I was reading his comics. Like he just basically he just kept it like super real in like the purest sense of the term. He was like, what are people who do blah, 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 or who are blah, 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 like, let me see if I can get a little bit of that into this comic. 
Because like a lot of black people in comics, I feel like are basically the same character. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. Um, but like, there's so much range in the black experience. Because like yeah, you and I have probably like similar tastes and interests and probably experiences growing up, but we're still really different people. You know what yeah. I mean? And it's yeah. just such a waste, like, to not have that. It's like, I ain't gonna lie. It is certain things that, like, I guess I'm just gonna end up doing myself when I feel like drawing again or making a, another comic. Yeah. But it's like, I would love to see, like, a superhero, like, press about getting, like, a new pair of Jordans. Like, yeah. Like, That's oh, what like, made Spider-Man so dope in the 60s. Yeah, it has so much like current culture and like he's gonna go see the freaking Ramones. Like what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> You're like you read old Spider Man, like like what? All right. Damn, yeah. whatever. It's like just st- like stunting. There's no stunting in comics. There's no like hardcore superhero stunting. Yeah. <laughs> just like out there flexing, like I'm gonna punch like the wrecker in the face and then like take the, the bomb as like just flex on him like, like just, a selfie just talk trash. <laughs> yeah like oh like oh snap like you check that shit out cap foul cap you see what I just did son you think that's Dance because on? it's like story arc focus now like there's no time for like the baseball issue yeah I, I do think so like cause if it's taking you six issues to tell what like a whole story so it's like it's like every arc is a movie. Yeah. So you only have two hours. You don't get the slice of life parts. Yeah. Like, you don't get the X-Men, like, you know, Nightcrawler, Wolverine, chilling at the bar, drinking a beer after fighting Proteus or some shit. Like, you don't you don't really get that no more. Yeah, You man. get that in covers. You get those with the little variant covers. Like, oh, that's them hanging out. But when do they have time to hang out? Like, yeah, I was just thinking people. about my first comic, um, Amazing Spider-Man 316, like that Return of Venom issue. And like a third of that, I think, maybe a little bit less, was like Peter and Mary Jane talking about moving, like on the phone. Like they were switching, they were moving in with Aunt May, I think. Oh, yeah. I love, like, that's what I miss about, like, Spider-Man. I stopped reading Spider-Man a long time ago when they got rid of the marriage. It's just like... yeah. People felt some type of way, but I'm like, <laughs> I grew up with a married Spider-Man, and I had no problems with seeing a young dude married to, like, a supermodel. Like, yeah, same here. That's In dope. fact, like, it was cool, because, like, she was dope, too. Yeah, she had her own little storyline. She had, like, oh, she's in a soap opera, and somebody giving her somebody giving her static. She got to deal with that, and then, like, like oh, that stuff was, it was soap opera stuff. That's what makes Spider-Man dope. Mm-hmm. But then you get rid of it, like, I don't really want to see dating spider-man yeah like, dating sucks like, like let me see his like, success I, yeah <laughs> like hold up like like how many of you you young guys is dating i know a lot of people in comments they be having married and yeah. be having kids and shit like they in they like mid the 30s the 40s it's like do y'all know what it's really like out in these streets <laughs> like it's not fun have you watched aziz on sorry special <laughs> every joke about texting is real like it's just not fun that's a trip <laughs> Like, who want to write that? Like, he had he had a dime. He had a supermodel. That's an actress. Like, I wonder if it's because the fan base got older. Because, like, the target audience for, you know, Spider-Man in the 80s was one group. But now it's basically people who are reading Spider-Man, you know, when they were growing up. So, like, the marriage thing was cool when we were kids because it was something to look up to. 
Yeah. But maybe now that like everybody's a dad or a mom, it's like, well, what if, what if we were free again? Uh, excuse me. I just, this is that weird thing of just like aspirational versus like escapism. Yeah. I like my aspirational escapism. Like I got, I think it's because I grew up listening to rap music. <laughs> I want the phantom. Yeah. Like I want to hear about that. Like, yeah, I want, yeah. That's one we thing I liked a lot cheese. about that. Uh, the Fast and the Furious Seven is that they're like, "Yo, family is the goal. Like being yes. home with your people." Because that's such like a mature moral for a movie to have. It's especially a movie about race cars. Like it's, it's crazy. <laughs> it's it, it it it's amazing to me that a movie based off of a Vibe article about street racing in L.A. <laughs> led to essentially a movie, an action movie that kind of works within the concepts of Dungeons and Dragons with cars. <laughs> and every action movie genre, they can fold into it. Yeah, there was and even parkour in this one. It, 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 it does straight up come back to like real salt of the earth thing. Like your people... Your family, the like the person you love. That's yeah. it. Like my peoples need to be taken care of. We need to have our cookouts with the coronas. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, and just like, I, like I read a lot of manga intended for like young boys in the eighties. Is the best way yeah, to put it. Yeah, and it showed yeah. me that like friendship is like the illest thing in the entire world. Because, like, I've always appreciated my friends, but to see friendship turn into kind of like a storytelling tool, like, oh, yeah. I can only do this because, you know, somebody has faith in me. Like, that is amazing. And that's sort of like what I feel like a lot of stories miss is that motivation, like that heart. Yeah, they don't have it's my issues with, quote unquote, the maturing of, of comics where it's not really mature. Yeah, it's just like explicit things and sometimes terrible ideas mm-hmm. versus like yeah when I read One Piece and like Luffy's like yo do Flamingo I want to punch you in the chest cause <laughs> yo Law had a hard life and I rocks with dude <laughs> and you mess him and his peoples up and you know look at what you did to these people I got to whoop that ass Yeah, like yeah that's like the realest shit that's that's base level shit on earth. Like, yeah, I got to whoop that ass. It's so like, human. And it's all based out of, uh, love, which is like sort of a crazy thing to say about an action comic, you know? Yeah. But every motivation in there is like, I either got to do right or I got to do right by somebody. Like I owe them because they were good to me. It's, it's just, it's so, it's like so that hard. Like when I watch, like when I'm reading, like essentially that's their superhero stuff. Like yeah. it comes back to like core basic. And I know why like this stuff is exploding throughout the world for so many years. Like, like Dragon Ball, like, yeah. So a weird take on journey to the West, mm-hmm. but like Goku is just like, it like Goku's like, Oh, I love my, like, I love my people. Like I yeah. come back from death to go to like Boma's birthday party. Cause <laughs> them is my people. Like I gotta see my family. And it's like, yeah, we'll fight XX or like Naruto. Like 
there was points when the rules got like a little bit more mature because it came with more like more relationship stuff. But in the end, yeah. it was just like, like yo, I believe in Sasuke. No matter all this other bullshit that he didn't did, <laughs> I'm going to redeem because he's my best friend and he's my brother. Like, I'm like, God, well, God damn. Like, ain't that something? Well, you know who would be so good at that? Like, over here is Garth Ennis. Yeah, actually, his his stories does have a lot of heart, even though he got a lot of crazy other stuff. Yeah, like, I I think if he can, like, if he finally gets to do the book where it's just like two dudes chilling in a bar for six issues, just talking about life. (laughs) Like, that'd be it. Like, you could cancel comics because it'd be done better. It's like I watch it like now, like I watch a lot of like, like Common Rider and like Super Sentai. Yeah, and I just noticed that like the way they do things is different. Like I had an epiphany when I was watching the last Super Sentai show, which is about trains, uh-huh. Rangers that dress up like they got their suits of trains and they make <laughs> giant trains and they make a giant robot and they fight these monsters. But there's a certain point where you're really looking at it as an adult, like as a kid, you'll be like, oh, that's cool. They're going to fight the monster, save the day. And then like power through imagination. Mm-hmm. But when you watch it and you notice that the whole show is about depression wow, and how to overcome depression and the main bad guy can't get out of the darkness. And like the entire show is about depression. And I was like, that's mature themes. Yeah. They don't tell you it's about depression. As an adult, you can see it's like, wow, the main bad guy is really depressed. And he latches on to these other people. He sees, like, I want to get out of this depression, and I don't know how. Mm-hmm. But, like, these young heroes know how, and they get out, and they, they you know, they save the day, because that's what happens at the end of Ranger yeah, shows. heroes. <laughs> yeah, but there's no, like, there's no tragedy in the beginning. There's, like, kind of a tragedy, like, oh, they kind of get, they don't know where, like, they came from or something. They just wake up, they were kids, they wake up as, a, as like, young adults, and they're like, oh, how, we gotta figure our way back. But yeah. It's not like, my mom was murdered in front of you. <laughs> like, it's just like, uh, they, it's like, dress up in colorful outfits, or, like, like, Comrade gets a little bit more serious, but, you know, series from, like, stuff for a five-year-old versus stuff for, like, an eight-year-old type of yeah, series. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, he's still, like, like, a Beatle dude. Yeah, like, like that's like, still the yeah. origin. <laughs> like, the last one I got really deep for me, but it was, like, he transformed, they transform into fruit. Like, <laughs> fruit armor, samurai armor. Like, that dude is, like, a banana with, like, a banana spear. Like, and he rides a motorcycle made out of a flower. Like, that shit is absurd. <laughs> but... In the end, it was still like it was about generational. It was like a bunch of urban kids that all they wanted to do was dance, and then like this big corporation was like buying up all the property and taking away like their freedoms and shit. It was just like, <laughs> like I could turn this show into like a show in America, like right now. Just like you can just fit that with a bunch of black people and like brown people, and just like it will still work. Yeah, and it's like it's about dancing and like growing up. Like I was like, this shit is the best shit ever. Like, and anyone could watch it, and it still has the same things you want from a superhero. They like they still fight the bad guy. They still got to overcome the challenges. Mm-hmm. But I don't gotta see people like get gored through the stomach or like random rapes or like. Yeah, it's too much. Like there's. Especially for superheroes, because, like, superheroes were meant for children. And sometimes when you go too deep, like, you can tell, you can see the seams. Yeah. Because, like, you can't have complex morality in a superhero comic, because in the end, it's going to come down to somebody getting punched out. Yeah. Yeah. And you can do it, like, short term. Like, it was cool when, uh, like, Joe Casey was writing Pacifist Superman. 
but not making a big deal out of it. But like, yeah, you can't sustain it. It's it, it's funny because I think the weird thing with Superman, I think you can sustain it, mm-hmm. but people became too cynical for it. Because if you read like old Superman comics, and I've been like, I said this recently too, when I, the last episode with Ron, I was like, if you read this episode, there's issues of Superman where he will fight nobody. It's just like. <laughs> He's like just dealing with like, man, I gotta figure out my life between being Superman and Clark Kent. Like, <laughs> I gotta make sure people don't find out who I am. And yeah, I had one issue just... as a kid where, like, I guess he self hypnotizes or he hypnotizes himself and everybody around him so that they don't realize his uh, secret identity. It's yeah, none of that, like all that stuff is just dealing with like Superman trying to like live life in a modern era. Like, yeah. I don't know why, like. But they were still meant for like seven year olds, so stuff would be goofy. But when you really look at it, it's like, well, like these dudes were working out some things about, I guess, being their families and being like a man or something. But like, like, but they didn't have to put, like, he didn't punch like punch people all the time. Like, he mm-hmm. might get turned into like an insect head or, but, like, oh well. Like, but now it's like, Superman has to punch something or he has to have a new power and he has to explode and he has to like, beat people up and he has to kind of be stupid when he has all these abilities and I don't and I don't get it like that's why I think I, like people say they love all-star Superman but all-star Superman probably couldn't sustain itself forever because no, not at all the idea is it's like Superman is kind of like talking his way out of stuff or like beating people for like arm wrestling and making like a birthday present for Lois Lane they be like I want to see Superman be badass you know Hope I outlive them red roses. 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 Bitches ain't shit but hoes. I've been on this. Niggas gon' snitch regardless. Mid shoulders never gon' switch. My mama right soldier. Show me that profit. Call them right rovers up. I'm up now. These hoes all in love now. Wanna fuck now? They beg to bend over. Half these hoes chauffeurs have these hoes. Useless, fuck a face, toothless, easy, so ruthless Ask where he from, then leave his dome ruthless Sweet chin music, kick back gruesome Watch out for Judas Vice and G-Unit 5-0 fucking with the Yayo 2 LVPD get sprayed on 2 Always keep it GC, ask my homies for the proof Blowing 40s as a youth, dump deuce in the Chevy Hit the corner, run up on him, turn him nigga to SpaghettiOs Yeah I, I just thought it was I think it's a well made trailer Yeah, but I'm like this is what you guys wanted you dick rided Frank Miller's Dark Knight Returns <laughs> yeah. so long and they make it for you with real people and then you get mad at it yeah what, like, I'll say that false god thing was like super strong like that's probably my favorite part of the trailer it would be a oh, cool yeah. avenue to explore Superman but like the DC movies are like PS2 games with the brightness turned down at this point where it's all fog and darkness. I, I think that's a Zack Snyder thing. Yeah. Cause all his movies are kind of like that. And like, that's I, not, it's not fun. I don't know if he makes fun movies. I feel like he and can because he's so good at violence sometimes. I don't know, dude. I haven't had fun with one of his movies since Dawn of the Dead. So like, Oh, that was just him. A, that was just that's me like I have issues with him as a filmmaker so yeah no he's really bad at clarity yeah and it's just like 
I know people like to really rag on DC, but it's like technically in terms of this universe stuff, they just made one movie. Yeah. Like, like a lot of people like to say a lot of things. It was like, first of all, they made movies that had nothing to do with superheroes that's adapted from their comics. Mm-hmm. And quite honest, ain't nothing nobody's done fucking with the Dark Knight to me. <laughs> like, that's a level of like filmmaking that I ain't never seen in a superhero movie ever. And that shit made the Oscars change the rules. It won two Oscars. Like, like, like I got bored with Marvel movies because I knew everything was going to happen. Yeah, I got bored because they all look the same. That well, they do kind of all look the same. Yeah, because they, they they have a they have a house style like the comics did back in the sixties. Yeah, and, and I don't think it's good for the business, especially it's like I've been listening to like. I've been reviewing movies for like four or five years now. And then I listen to a bunch of podcasts and then you hear like the producers and like the directors and the screenwriters talk about like, or even actors now is like, well, yeah, you got to do a superhero movie or you got to sign on to this if you want to do anything else. Mm -hmm. And I think that's sad. Like you mean you can't make Pulp Fictions now unless like the directors and the actors and the screenwriters make like four or five superhero movies. Well, it's almost like what is it? It's been like that for a while though. Like Spike Lee had to make inside man, you know, to get money for everything else. True. But I just think that I think there's a difference between making like a studio picture. Yeah. And then having to do a studio superhero or slash franchise geek movie. Yeah. Not just one or two, like multiple. Yeah, the dude who plays Bucky got like a nine film contract or something like that. Yeah. You got to figure that's nine the next movies. 20 years of your life. Like you're not making a movie every year, but, you know, figure every other. It's at least 10. Yeah. Like I know, like you read about the production of like X-Men Days of Future Past. and like Michael Fast been, been done with X-Men. He's like, I don't want to do this shit no more. Yeah. But he's contractually obliged. But it's just like, would I give up his Magneto so that he can make some other dope movies? Fuck yeah, I would. Because I like movies. Yeah, that's why like, I don't want... Like, people are like, Idris Elba should be James Bond. I'm like, no. Like, <laughs> never. Because <laughs> first, like, Bond has got to be kind of sexist and racist. Like, that's in the DNA. Yeah. Like, I started reading... Um, I think it was from Russia with Love or one of those. And, like, I made it a paragraph in, and I was like, nah, I'm done. Like, I can't, I can't hang with Ian Fleming. Because it was just yeah. too racist immediately. It's, but Elba is so much doper than James Bond. Like, that's small thinking. I know, right? Like, he's already been, like, these characters. Like, he's Aegis Elba, and he can also, like, play, like, these. Like, he's, str- like, Stringer Bell. Like, I'm good. Yeah. He's Stringer Bell. He's Luther. Luther. He's, like, all these, like, random. Like, I watched a Tyler Perry movie because he's in it. <laughs> I was like, yeah, was it Little Girl, Daddy's Little Girl? I was like, all right, yeah, it got Gabrielle Union and him. Yeah. All right, I'm going to watch it. Like, I like both of them. Like, just but, the sky is the limit for a dude like that. And to make him be, you know, like, Sean Connery the 15th or whatever is just boring. Yeah, if that's something he wants to do, I'm, I'm more powerful, like, yeah. do it. But I doubt he would do some crazy shit, like, sign on to, like, a bunch of them. Because mm-hmm. he seems like he has stuff he wants to do. And he and talked about like, being on Thor too, like it was uh, just a huge hassle, like it wasn't fun filmmaking. Yeah, that, 
it sounds like a lot from that. Like, if you really look into it, like maybe not the big stars. Like, you know, Robert Downey Jr. isn't going to say that. Yeah. A bunch of them is going to say that. But you, sometimes you look at it, like, really look at it. And, like, it doesn't always sound like it's great to, like, do these Marvel movies. Just like sometimes it doesn't sound that great to draw a Marvel comic. Yeah. Like, it sounds like the same thing. And I don't know if I want that. You know, the film business has its own issues. Mm-hmm. Fast and big. But this, like, I've already seen enough of the comic book issues. I don't know. Let's say I wanted like make a movie or something. I don't want to deal with the same bullshit. Mm-hmm. I'd rather live, deal with new bullshit. Yeah, to be quite definitely. honest. Because at least with the new, you got a chance to uh, define your terms a little bit. Like, yeah. I'm going to do this. I'm not going to do that. But if you're stepping into, you know, like a Marvel system or the James Bond system, like there's expectations that you have to deal with. And it's like relationships that you might have already burned or something. Like it yeah. just gets to be like, like really, like why can't, uh, like can you have a, a moment in time like the, like again the nineties like, yo Kevin Smith came out with a movie called Clerks. Yeah, wow, boom! Like Quentin Tarantino did Reservoir Dogs. Like all this crazy shit was happening like all the time. It was new type of movies popping out, and now it just seems like. Besides Fast and the Furious, everything has a connection to something that's like 40 to 50 years old. Mm. Like, I love Mission Impossible, but yeah, yo, that shit came on when my mom was a kid. Yeah. Like, everything. Like, Jurassic Park is like the only thing that's young, maybe. That's still, yeah, 20 years. That changed my life as a kid, you know, and it's weird now. Like, the new one doesn't look as dope as the first one, which is even crazier. I know, right? That's bananas. Like, how did the CG get worse? It's, I don't know. They, that was, they, I feel like they basically did Jurassic Park 1 on a Nintendo 64. Like, that level <laughs> of, of, of processing power. Yeah. And, like, yeah, now we got phones that can do, like, that shit. Yeah. And, like, how come the Raptors don't look as dope? I guess because they was using puppets, too, back then. Yeah. Like, people don't use puppets no more. It's just like, damn. But I like that point about the bridge burning, especially in terms of, like, being uh like a person of color or a woman because like you can burn bridges just by doing nothing yeah like that's the worst when you know you just say something you think is innocuous and people are like oh you know she's the angry one he's the dick blah 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 yeah you become a villain do like no yeah because it's like no reaction like i totally have that rep in comics to a few people just because like i'll speak on some racial stuff when when need be but then they meet me and they're like, this dude just likes like dad jokes and rap music. Like what, what happened? What, what's the difference? And yeah, it's all perception. Weird idea of you. Yeah. Somebody, when I, I was living with, um, Laura Hudson for a while, she was living down here in Oakland and somebody asked her if living with me was like being at a black Panther rally all the time. And like, I laughed at first, but later I was like, hang on. Like what type of, you know, but like people are just not knowing like what does that mean yeah like, <laughs> like i'm marching through the apartment it's like no i play video games and eat pound cake like <laughs> life is good <laughs> it's like that's, that's yeah that's totally that thing like that i feel like that holds us back a lot because like i could say something to you and on a one-to-one level like we'll get it because we got that shared experience yeah but somebody listening in will be like oh i don't like that at all you know what i mean and there's no way to avoid that. Yeah, like, you don't know, like, it's funny, like, existing 
gets them in their feelings. Yeah. But like if like someone actually does something wrong and you get in your feelings, yeah. you're attacked for it. <laughs> like Black Lives Matter. Um, there's this cat I follow named uh, the Shrillist on Twitter, and he's like he's really smart. Like he follows a lot of politics stuff. But he was like, it's crazy that Black Lives Matter gets as much hate as it does because it's not even like Black Lives only Black Lives Matter or Black Lives Matter most. It's just like we count too. It matter at all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Like it's just it's amazing. Like when you have to wake up at least once a week and see a black person get shot. Yeah, like I and I'm die. Screwed. Like 2014 was so hard, and this year, like I started this year with a funeral, and it's just been nonstop ever since. And it's like, yeah. how am I supposed to? Like I can't really step and fetch for y'all all the time. Like I gotta have some emotions sometimes. Yeah. It's... 2014, I think, pushed me to be like more pro-black than before, oh, man, more like more you. militant than before. Like, I went out and bought an African medallion and wore that to city dog. <laughs> like, I'm not even. <laughs> I'm 100 percent back on that Afrocentric tip now. I'm also like sometimes it's like I'm just not even gonna talk about things because if I really talk about things, yeah, you're gonna think I'm a terrorist. So I'm just gonna go sit back. <laughs> Like I'm just gonna fall back, but like yo, see people that look like you, and now like I'm 35. Yeah, I'm getting to the point where it's like, not only I'm seeing people that's younger than me die, or people that like legitimately, even if I had a kid mad early. Yeah, some of these kids, like yo, Tamir Rice could be my seed. Yeah, and it wouldn't even be crazy that I like I had a kid at like 23. And it's, it's not even crazy. Like it has me honestly. Like I had a moment. Um, I can't even remember who it was who had died. It wasn't the guy where they planted the evidence, but it was another where there was like video of it, and you know the cops were caught in a lie. And I was just like, I can't have kids. Like I don't want to. I'm so paranoid and so down about this stuff that I can't think of putting that putting somebody else through that. I know it's like it makes it's like a certain set of like fears and. And co- it's like this weird concept. I always felt that like our generation mm-hmm. was literally reliving the entirety of the 20th century in a short time span. Mm-hmm. Cause like we had a depression, we've had an attack on our soil. We've had like the Vietnam war, world war two, the Korean war, like all that shit in like one set of war, like one war. Yeah. And like the cold war has returned the civil rights movement. <laughs> like, like we're literally going like almost like the feminist movement, the gay. Like we're having the entirety of a hundred years within like fifteen. Yeah, and it's like, it's like like our grandparents got to have like decades to like work themselves through this shit. We got to work through this shit like once a week. Yeah, and it's all <clears throat> excuse me. Like the internet makes things faster. Like before, you know, somebody got lynched in Tennessee, you would find out, find out about it on the radio a couple of days later. Or it maybe not at all, like yeah. depending on where you are. But now, but now you just turn on Twitter and like I, I carefully follow people, like my account's private and all that, and I'm still like flooded just every day. Yeah, because it's like it's like you can't help it because like like all right, I'm on Twitter. I ain't gonna lie, I see like, oh yo, uh, another one of my niggas is dead. Like, yeah. I wanna tweet, retweet that for my people to know, cause like, you're in the West Coast. Is it saddening? 
yes, but I, it's just like, yo, we kind of got to know what we Yeah, you got to <laughs> stay aware. Because, like, after um, last week, actually, I was coming home from work. It was like a Wednesday. It was real late. And uh, that video of the cop with the taser had come out. <clears throat> Excuse me. And, like, I could tell. I stepped outside of my office in Berkeley, and there were, like, three cop cars on the block right there. Because I work in downtown Berkeley, and, and the, like, mm. there's protests and whatnot. And then I catch a bus home and like even on my block in this little like fake suburbs, just like cops just strategically placed. And I'm like, you know, I was in, you know, a black hoodie, the usual, you know, it's like kind of chilly outside or whatever. Yeah. But I'm like, I need to watch what I'm doing because even though I might not be a target, I might look like a target. Yeah. And I'm not too inclined to be, you know, like, hey, kid, where are you going? Like, I'm not going to answer that question. I'm a grown ass man. I know, like we still dealing with basically like the hey kid shit is like or it's the it's like being called boy, yeah, like, like for real, like <laughs> it's like you re, we re, like it's like it's 2015, like when Selma like when Selma came out, I saw it with a friend. It's just like it's sad to, to be like that we're literally going through the same shit like our grandparents went through. Yeah. Like, in a certain way, like, our parents really didn't go through it because it was different or they, it was, like, that weird period. Well, they had crack to deal with. They had crack. <laughs> to be quite honest, I'm old enough, we had crack, too. Yeah. Like, it was stuff, like, if I'm, I'm definitely one of those, like, oh, cocaine's at this party? I'll catch y'all later. I'm not sticking around for this shit. Like, like I can't. It's weird to talk about cocaine and crack or drugs because it's just, like, a black kids younger than us, it, it puts you in a weird predicament because it's like you're singing about this, and I know crack ain't really big right now. Like yeah, it was that too. Like, like you have no idea what 1988 was like. Like that shit was wild. Like 85 to like 92 was insane. Yeah. Like, like you could die over nothing all the time. And so it's like when I see the song, it like even like I I ain't gonna lie, some of the, the beats is dope. I, I feel it. The song's like I'm in love with the cocoa. Like I that's a great hook. Like yeah. I ain't gonna lie, but it's just like y'all ain't whipping it like that. There's new drugs out there. Yeah. Sing about that. I remember in and, what is it, two thousand five or two thousand six on uh Niggas Lie a Lot, that Kwali song. He was like, I know you're lying because crack is cheap now. Oh, my God. The guess. It's 10 years ago. Like, there's no new market for crack out there. Like, like, and it was funny because, like, I'm like a, a, a drug news or, like, drug crime, drug war, like, nerd. Like, I yeah. like to look that shit up. It's like, you know, in 2005, heroin was popping belt, popping off. Like, because I remember... um. 50 did this song like a, a be more Baltimore love thing. It was about like heroin and Baltimore, which you can you can see in, in the wire to be quite honest. Cause that's how real as fuck that show was. Yeah. And it's just like, yo, heroin, heroin was smacking back. So it was just like, y'all ain't like, like crack ain't that big. Like weed is popping off. Like Coke is always Coke, but like crack ain't really like it used to be. Yeah. And it's just weird to see like, Drug use, as a person that's like, quote unquote, you know, people call me straight ears, I just don't do shit. Like, I don't drink, mm-hmm. I don't do drugs or nothing. It's just weird to see people use it. It's, it's, 
it's weird to see other people's views on it through like our culture because mm-hmm. I still think like yeah you can make those songs like yeah you you might not be telling your stories or maybe you are like I ain't in Atlanta like that maybe you're just popping off like that mm-hmm. or maybe you're telling your older brother stories or maybe you're doing a bunch of things and you should be able to do that. Like if, if rock and roll music can talk about being sad or, or wilding out and like falling in love or just getting high all the time, you should be able to tell stories about the the issues of selling drugs. Like, yeah. but it's weird how it gets consumed and like brought back onto us in a, in the information age where it's like frontline to do episodes about that and you can learn so much about what actually happened or like it like it's amazing to me that like Rick Ross as a rapper could be so famous and to be like and like the actual story of Free Ray Ricky Ross not be known when there's like specials and he has a Twitter account and his books and yeah like like you don't you don't know the CIA was part of cocaine and the Iran Contra conflict and like, like, how do you not know? Like, what's crazy is like that sounds so paranoid, but it's also true. And that's yeah. kind of like the it's like a realization I'm starting to have is that like it's like if somebody could give you paranoia, because even like outside of the like the CIA thing, like just does this person hate me because I'm black, or like did that lady speed up because I'm a black dude walking behind her at night? Like, you got to ask yourself that just to stay safe, but also so you can, like, exist in society. And I think that a lot of people, they don't understand that experience. Yeah, or, like, uh, like black women having to always deal with being thought of as being angry. Yeah. Or, like, or, or like all these things that are put upon them and the stuff that's put upon us. It's just, like, I knew I grew up weird when I think about it. I grew up in PG County. And the D.C. area. Mm-hmm. I grew up around 95% black people. Black people that was working class to having money. I thought as a kid, like, white people were on TV and in the doctor's office. Mm-hmm. That's it. I didn't have to go to school with a white person until I was in middle school, and they were still minority. I didn't have to deal with the whole concept of being a minority truthfully mm-hmm. until I was, like, in college. And, like, even later on, I was in Brooklyn. Like, I was around black people. I was in the damn neighborhood of Biggie Smalls grew up. Like, it was still mostly black in that part of So, like, when I came back, when I got into comics, when I started going to comic book stores and going to comic conventions, the whole issue of being, like, the cool black person. Yeah. Or the one that, like, is different than the other black people. Or the, like, hey, Julian, explain this for me. Or, like... And sometimes I don't know how to turn it off because I just like explaining things. Like I explain safe by the bell. Like I explain <laughs> this. So sometimes like when random white person doesn't understand what the fuck young thug is saying, I just go into like explaining mode. Yeah. But then I then I come back and things like, am I called apart? Am I like what am I doing here? Like why they feel so comfortable with that and not X person? Mm-hmm. Like why am I seen as cool? Or why am I seen as safe? Like, I now kind of, like, shun away from, like, white women walking down the street. Mm-hmm. Like, I was like, oh, man, I I can't feel safe walking around that. That's, I don't know what the fuck's going to happen. 
I'm always, uh, like I do so many shows and stuff at this point just because of my job. And I'm always careful who I'm hanging around with. Cause I've been to a lot of comic book parties and 90% of them I gone to somebody has said something suspect to me either where it's just like an ignorant question or like, you know, how people go out of their way to say nigger to black people, but like structure it in a way to where like you can't get mad. Or like if you do get mad, they can turn back on you like, Oh, it was just a question. Like a lot of that type of stuff. Yeah. I, I, I must say, I've had the pleasure of not dealing with that. Oh man. I don't know if it's my face that looks like I wish a motherfucker would face <laughs> or like, Oh, maybe Julian's cool, but he's just scary enough. He might smack the shit out of me. Yeah. It, but no, like I've never had the white person. Like I've had white ish people, i.e. their Latino grew up in the hood and their fair skin say nigga. Yeah. And I'm like, Oh, you Spanish as fuck. <laughs> I knew you grew up around black people and other Latinos and some questionable situations. Yeah, I give you a pass. But regular, out of the blue... It's crazy, man. Like, I can't even explain it because I don't know, like, what vibe I'm giving off. But, like, if someone uses it in a book, they're like, oh, what did you think about when blah, blah, blah said? And then, like, they'll drop their voice. You know what I mean? Like, that. Like, I just had enough. Like, if you... <laughs> Oh my god! Like I've literally thought about like in the next comic I do if like that I'm going to write yeah characters saying nigga and then how I'm going to deal with that. It's like it drives me crazy. Um, and if you look at me at shows now, like I don't really do the bar thing. Like if I'm in the bar, I'm in the side of the bar where all my friends are, and we're like yeah. the United Nations over there, basically. <laughs> like wow that's yeah I've never had like I don't think I don't know how I would feel like because I think the last time I was at a con and I went to a party that was a con party yeah I was with you it was San Diego oh yeah that's when I met Chunk and that's when I met a whole bunch of people and all them people just cool yeah Chunk's a cool dude especially yeah so it was like it was all it was like it was all love and that's like years of me selecting friends and being like, I yeah. can't hang out with that guy. Yeah. And it's like, so then like when I'm in New York Comic Con, since I'm in New York, that's like my college town. Mm -hmm. I kind of leave and go hang with the college homies. So it's just like, I'm not even around combo people like that no more after a certain time. Yeah. I don't know what I would do. It's always I would like, you're the villain. You have that moment where you're like, can I black out here or will that make me the bad guy? Cause that's the other trick. Like that's the ultimate okie doke is that if you respond to a, uh, to something suspect with like equal force, you're the villain. Yeah. Like they want you to be like a suffering Negro. Yeah. I think, I think I've got to the age that when I guess if I, when I do come back out, yeah, that like, like when I had to talk with Ulysses, I think I'm going to purposely be the villain. Like, mm -hmm. like, you know what? Somebody has to be Lex Luthor. Somebody has to be Ric Flair. Somebody has to be like, like there's no bag. Like somebody has to be like, as you were, you, you tweeted about somebody has to be Malcolm X and Selma. Like somebody yeah. has to be like, that blew my the, mind. The, like somebody got to take that L and be like the fucking bad guy. Like, the one that they're afraid of. Mm -hmm. 
but I feel like they're so already afraid of everybody. Something. Like that's the trouble. Like with the civil rights thing, you had people who were on your side who had power. But yeah. like with comics, like people like the status quo. It's like people will be on your side, but I've been having the same Black History conversation since 2008. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. You also good post too. But yeah, <laughs> like the same people talk about the same things and sometimes people get angrier like yeah like I read Daryl on, on Twitter and he just seems to get even angrier because we were just going angrier. around the mulberry bush like that's why I'm kind of like I, I'm like low key taking this year off for writing for myself like if somebody wants me to write for him I'll do it but I'm not really writing on my own just cause yeah. like I gotta figure this out like I can't keep you know punching the same stone wall cause there ain't no hole breaking through yeah. it's just like it's like I'm like you're trapped. It's yeah. Like, like how do we get here? That new that new Kendrick album was uh, really good to me. Like there's just you know you know like stuff will stick in your mind from a song. That yeah. line about misusing your influence. Like it's not even in a song, oh. but like just like the thought of that. Yeah, so that's like one of the main themes of the album. Like him. It's interesting at this place because, like, I'm older than him. Yeah. But I, 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 I can relate to like what he's going through. I can totally see where he's coming from, even and, with the respectability and stuff. And I don't even have, yeah, because then to a certain degree, it's like I don't. I'm older than you, but I, I'm. It's like when, um, when Azalea Banks came out about the or the video, the Hot 87 video interviews. Like, like part of me feels sad because it's like maybe like it's like I don't feel like I did enough like maybe you shouldn't be going through this at 25 or 26 like I'm almost 10 years older than you like some shit should have changed and shit got worse like what the fuck happened like and his album is so great because it's like unabashedly black dealing with the current struggle yeah it's so contradictory and I love it it's like I didn't like I the single Mm -hmm. but I on the album is my shit. Yeah, it's super like, powerful. It's like live, and then he goes into like, yeah, I knew about the niggas thing. Yeah. Like, I openly use nigga all the time. I don't give a fuck. Yeah. <laughs> like, ain't no old black person telling me I can't use it. Ain't no white person telling me I can't use it. I say my niggas regularly. Yeah. And just to hear is like, like people don't know enough and when you start researching and start reading and start looking in language and how things get changed and how things get used and the way things get flipped and you start becoming aware of shit like you just you start becoming more I don't even know about rebellious but straight up militant like you know you get to a point where it's like y'all motherfuckers can't tell me shit yeah I know I know more than you on certain subjects like don't even come at me and that album, you know what, for real, I think in terms of rap music, there's this level of the young artists, even when they're like pro-conscious, like neo-conscious, like like a Kendrick Lamar or a J. Cole, mm-hmm. or even a, what you could maybe call a more shallow artist. And I, I use that by the way people react to them, like a Drake or a um, Big Sean. Mm-hmm. There's an undercurrent through the beats and the rhymes of even when they wrap up with their success, it's sad. Yeah, definitely. Oh, there's it's like, like a, I found a trend. I felt like um, Joey Badass, Lupe, Earl, 
Kendrick, Pharrell Monch, D'Angelo, like a couple other cats, all made like Black Condition albums in the past year. Yeah. Uh, and Rihanna's new single, American Oxygen, is like dope, but it's straight up like America, we got to get this stuff together. And the video is, it's pairing like America now and America then with civil rights and all that. And it's, you know, it's the same story. And it's like, what did, what happened? Like you said earlier, like, how did we get here again? Like, like who, like, how did we fuck up? Like what happened how, like, how did we end up into this game as it is? Mm -hmm. How do we fix it? Can we like it's, it's it asks you all these weird questions because it's like the turning point for all this shit. Even though a lot of bad stuff happened in the Bush era, in the GW Bush era, mm-hmm. like you know the housing crisis and money and people spending stuff and like us going to college and getting the college debt and all like these, these. I wouldn't say that these lies, but these these promises and hopes and dreams of the nineties brought on by the 80s that led to this weird thing that like when Barack Obama became officially the president of the United States the the smack back of like society was is so fucking hard yeah because it's like yeah he won y'all thought y'all was some of y'all A don't fuck with it and some of y'all thought this shit was over like from like mainstream white America like the younger generations like we elected a white a black president it's over. Racism is over. And it's like, you're bugging. Yeah. <laughs> you, you don't know anything. The school systems fucking failed you because those older white people was like, fuck that shit. And some of them just don't know how they feel about anything. Like everything got so bad. And then like, there's a black guy running things and, and, and what is it happening to like my pensions and that shit is gone. Or I don't get a pension. Like, it seems like, and it's like, it's compacting on like the black creative experience. And I guess for me to watch it, it's like, watch so many things. It's like, we're going through the same shit that happened with rock and roll mm-hmm. in the information age. So it's just like, what if little Richard had Twitter? <laughs> like we used to make jokes about how there's just like, I made all this shit up. I did this with a lot. And then you really, when you really look at it, it's like, yo, he's not totally fucking lying. <laughs> but what if he had Twitter? The, like, that's what, the, like, that's Azalea Banks's interview to me. Yeah. It's like, little Richard, if he was on YouTube, like, they're jacking us of our shit. Like, right the fuck now as we watch it, like, what the fuck is going on? Mm-hmm. Like, like, was it Amanda Stav- I can't say her last name correctly, but Rue and Hunger Games put oh, out this yeah. video that's amazing. It's like this like she's a little girl. Like, yeah, she's old enough. She's like sixteen or something. Like I'm thirty five. Like it's older than my kid. Like she's this little girl and she's going through this stuff and it makes me sad. It really does. It makes me sad. Especially like in comics, I like I'm not trying to toot my own horn or whatever. Like, cause, like I don't really have any power. But like I've got a megaphone that a lot of black people don't have in comics. Just because oh, yeah. of my position, like by the end of this coming weekend, I've done 16 panels in three or four cities. And that's just like the end of April, like for this year. It's like I'm really visible. And like, I think a lot about how I can help. Like, what can I do? What can I do to make things better? 
And it's tough. Like, I, I honestly have no idea because everything I try doesn't work. <laughs> like, just inertia is so real. And it's like, how do you fight? Like, how do you snap back? How do you make that place? Yeah. Like, how do we make a new milestone? And how do you make it so that it sticks? Like, how do you educate an audience that's been trained to like one thing? And and like, how do I bring like an audience that's never been served or doesn't know? Or doesn't trust. Or doesn't trust. Like, these younger people is like, they don't not know. Like, they're not going to go to the comic book store because there's no comic book stores in their area. Yeah. It was like when I, when I made up, Long boxes on twenty twos with my friend Sean, who for some views might I mean some listeners might not know, he is a white dude. Um my homie. We were like, yo, we love rap music. Mm-hmm. We love comic books. Like all this shit ties together so perfectly. But it's like I go to these conventions and I see people like me and I see nothing for them. And it's just like I got so tired of seeing like People drawing like combo characters is like Kiss or like yeah. rock and roll <laughs> artists, and it's like it's like we're part of the culture like, too. Like and it's like rock and roll ain't even selling units like that. Yeah, like you're living in the past. Like it's not 1987. Guns and Roses doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> like like Nirvana isn't out. Like it's rap music, and it's been rap music for a long long time definitely and it's and it's and it's like i gotta make this shit for them like and that's that's one of those things like growing up if somebody drew good black people i would assume they were black like that's how that's how bad it was oh yeah like richard corbin uh kari andrews even recently like joelle jones i was like no she's got to be black but no it's like they're just i was just starved for that attention that I was, you know, struggling to make connections. And that's what happens when you serve only one culture. Like, you, you shut exactly. people out implicitly. Yeah. I, I've noticed a level of... The beauty of Tumblr yeah. and Instagram is the level and the amount of female artists you can see and their ability to draw mm-hmm. so many different types of people well. Mm-hmm. Different type of settings different looks, different ideas and it comes across it, it, like they just know what they're doing and I love the fact that like there's this undercurrent and you know what, even right now like when I go to SPX, it is overwhelmingly white mm-hmm. and liberal but the key component is that it's overwhelmingly female mm. and I don't have the same feeling of like judgment or like weird looks it's like they're just happy to get their shit like they just they have a place yeah and they're not being they're not being treated in these like weird way because it's my my issue with cons is just like yeah like y'all people with the with like nothing against cosplayers Mm -hmm. i wish i want cosplayers to do them but not everybody who's taking your picture has the right intent. Yeah. Or hugging up on you or getting close got the right intent. And it's like, I won't, like, I don't go to like anime conventions because it's like, I feel uncomfortable around all these kids dressed half butt naked. Yeah. And there's too many but like I'm, Nazi cosplayers of those things too. 
Oh, I see. see I wouldn't even know because I don't go. <laughs> I went um, once. And I was like, okay, got it. Yeah, that's just weird. Um, but it's just it, it just it's just I know it's a level of freedom. Like when I'm in the like independent shows for the female creators, and I see them of all types. Mm-hmm. You know, like yeah, they're white, but they might be punk. They might be they're like lesbian. Uh, this black, this Asian, gothic Lolita, even goth, it's just all that stuff, and they just making books zines or whatever I'm like yeah y'all doing fire like I'll support this yeah so it like is this they find a place I just don't know if like black people found a spot yet it doesn't feel like it but I mean like if you look at the New York Times like for comic the bestseller list uh, for graphic novels Raina Telgemeier has been on top of that for like two years three years single handedly what is her book what is her book? Uh, she does Smile and Drama for, uh, I think it was Random House or Scholastic, one of those. But it sells to kids and teens. That's crazy. Like, it's not even comic shops. That book market down the low. Like, she beats like The Walking just... Dead and Watchmen. Hey, that's be- to me, that's beautiful. Yeah, no, I love it. Like, I feel like that's where the future is going to come from, is uh, particularly women right now. But just, like, people doing their own thing. And connecting with people who aren't going to be served by, you know, the the things we have in place already. Yeah, like I try to, like when I meet younger artists, especially young female artists, I try to give them like all the encouragement in the world. Yeah, absolutely. Even with my my current feelings on the business and the game. Like I'll be real, but I'll say like, we need you even still. Like, please stick around. Fight that fight. Yeah. Go out there, kick people's in the chest. Like go out there, like that voice needs to be out there. That voice needs to be seen. Like you know, to go back to some of the stuff we talked about earlier, like the whole, the, like the whole thing was like Batgirl. Mm-hmm. It's like you know what I'm saying. The design, of like it's like everybody working on that. Their goal is to make something like that's current and cosplayable. That's cosplayable. And that's that fits like it feels like real life. Like yeah, she uses her phone. Yeah, she's on Instagram. Like yeah, she texts. Like yeah, she gets an Uber. Like yeah, like, <laughs> she fights villains and like. So yeah, yeah, I ain't gonna lie. When I saw the cover with with the Joker thing, I felt some type of way because mm-hmm. a I don't I don't like I never really fucked with the Killing Joke to begin with. Yeah, and like when you read the story about like. Like when like Alamo asked like yeah can I cripple yeah that's so cool and it was like cripple the bitch like like if you know more you know about the sausage like how the things is prepared it's like why do you like why should I even rock with it yeah. like you don't you never cared about bad girl fans to begin with because she was on a TV show that's how I got that was the bad girl introduction too she had her own, own home base she had a motorcycle I'm like yo bad girl is the truth. So when I saw that cover, I was like, that shit is, and I, I even like, I get the artist, like he fucks with that story. He wanted to draw like an image and they made him draw even more. Yeah. It's not sinister. even a bad drawing. I don't think it's just the context around it again is what's it's just like, it's too much. It's like, yo, like all the other covers got Joker looking stupid, looking silly or getting his ass beat mm-hmm. with the exception of the, the, another Batman cover, which it, they're referencing him killing Robin. Another issue I have, like, 
I never liked that shit either. So it's just like, and you get into these online debates, which I sometimes willingly go into because mm-hmm. it just seems I see just like a bunch of people just going at people saying that they're wrong or, you know, talking about social justice warriors or all this other bullshit. And there's nobody there just snapping back or fighting that. Like, I'll just, I'll, I'll take the hits. Like, I'm big enough. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm all right. Like, I know that these people will say crazy shit to my face. Because mm-hmm. they ain't, you know, they ain't about that life. Yeah. Um, and I don't even think I come across as, like, some tough guy, gangster, a thug. Or, but I just know. It's like, yo, you ain't comics. You ain't about, you a fandom. You a geek. You ain't really really about that life. I've seen all the friends that I knew that was about that life that used to read comics. They don't read comics no more. They stopped when I was a kid because they was about that life. And that shit is not fun. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, I know you ain't about this. You talking big on Facebook. Like, and you don't care about anybody else, but you're like fandom. It's short-sighted. Like, that's what all this comes down to. Like, just not seeing the opportunities that we have right here. Because you want to stick with, you know, whatever you had 10 years ago. It shows like a lack of empathy. Yeah. Like, what would you feel like if this was like you? And I don't think they could ever see that point. Because I think their love of the character, the love of the of, of superheroes clouds everything else. Mm-hmm. And that's what I don't get. Because I don't love nothing enough more than me. Mm-hmm. Or more than my people. But I think that, like you were saying earlier, how you never had, like, that bullying experience where I'm in the same boat. And it seems like that I feel like if you're pushed around for something, it'll come to define you in a way because you'll justify it to yourself. Like, you know, they just hate me because I'm into blah, blah, blah. Then, like, by default, you're going to be more into whatever that is just as a way to not let the bullies win. But, like, when it gets to the point where it's defining your personality and, like, yourself, like, I feel like that's too far. Like, you shouldn't, like, I don't care if somebody's like, oh, One Piece is stupid. Like, cool. You don't like it. Like, that's not, that's no skin off my back. I still get paid. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, you know, if you diss Hal Jordan, dudes come crawling out of the woodwork to defend bomber jackets. (laughs) (laughs) And that's just like, come on. It's it's just comic books. Yeah, it's superhero comics. Like, it'd be all right. Like, the character would be fine. Yeah. It's not even human being. But it's just like I just get into certain things, like certain ideas. I start thinking about ideas and stories, and mm-hmm. I see how certain things permeate. Like I read a Time article about how Iraqi soldiers is rocking the Punisher symbol when they fight Islamic State. Oh yeah, that makes me so I'm uncomfortable. Like, it makes it uncomfortable on like a whole bunch of levels, but in a certain way, I kind of get it. Mm-hmm. And that just shows to me the power of the idea of the Punisher. Like, Oh, look at the intro to uh big puns album where it's the kid oh, yeah. and the kids like, I'm the Punisher, the X-Men and the Punisher knocks down the X-Men, Spider-Man, everybody. Cause the Punisher's yeah. a real ass dude. Yeah. It's just like, <laughs> it's like the idea, like certain ideas are very strong. Yeah. And then they push certain ideas, I think, in a weird fantasy way that, like, stories are so so important to human existence mm-hmm. that they don't understand that, like, somebody else could take this shit and, like, do actual things with it. Mm-hmm. It's like, I, I, like, as much as I love The Dark Knight, 
it was a weird period which people was really rocking the Joker shit. And I was worried about that one point where it would go too far. And it kind of did because a dude shot up a goddamn movie theater yeah. thinking he's a fucking Joker. Like, like that idea is strong. Like, even hell, like what uh, Jack Nicholson said, like, yo, going to that place to play the Joker is a really dangerous place to go to on some method acting shit. Mm-hmm. It's just like certain ideas I think is strong. And people don't understand how strong some of these things are. Like, we still talk about Achilles. We still talk about, like, depending on how you feel. Like, some people believe in certain religions, but in a lot of ways, there's stories to teach you about life mm-hmm. and how to proceed within life. So, yeah, certain people believe word for word exactly the Bible. I'm not knocking it. Mm-hmm. Those are strong-ass ideas. And I don't think everybody talking about these stories or these comic book characters kind of get how they could be shifted and, and used. And when they tell these stories, when these characters do these things, it's like maybe you should just put the right ones out there as how you want to see society to go and be. Like, I fuss with Optimus Prime, but he doesn't like cartoon. Optimus Prime doesn't really kill anybody. He like protects the good and protects humans and turns into a truck and it's all good. Yeah, somebody, um, do you know John Sway? He writes Run, Love, Kill with Eric Kennedy. I want to read that. Uh, I, I don't cool. know him, but I want to read it. Um, but I had him on a panel and he was, and he mentioned that he grew up mostly on, you know, cartoons and stuff, but like, there's always a message in him. And he broke Transformers down like, um, it's about conservation and coexisting. Because, like, the Decepticons come to Earth, they just see the natural resources. They're like, we just want to profit and, you know, get Energon or whatever. And the Autobots, they need it too, but they're like, we're going to coexist with humans and find, like, a peaceful diplomatic way to do this. And so, like, this, you know, dumb kid show is about something deeper on the inside. Like, there's a message in there. Yeah, see, yeah, I never saw it that way. Yeah. That is a really strong... That's a really strong idea. Yeah. And it's there. Like when you really look at it, it's there. hundred percent. And that's the sort of and, thing like the subtext, like you gotta, you gotta stay tuned to that kind of thing. Yeah. It's funny. It's my problem is that I think sometimes the superhero comics don't always have the, I don't know if they always think about the subtext or if the subtext they're putting out is always, if it's nourishing food, mm-hmm. like, it's it's not always nourishment because like especially like when I watch cartoons now, I think they the, the young since they grew up off so many cartoons they get it like the young cartoonists get it like when I watch Adventure Time people say it's just a silly cartoon it's like you're not really watching it because it's like they're dealing with a lot of deep ideas and it's still palpable for a child yeah and like like Steven Universe is dealing with like a lot of great things about human relationships and like love and like love in general like they just do it well and it's not like it's not heavy handed it's just like it's like Mary Poppins it's that like that sugar in the medicine like, yeah like, and you get everything you're supposed to get out of it it's just sometimes when I read certain comics it's like I'm not getting the right stuff out of it yeah like when they rebooted the DC Universe it had no heart and it had just one tone which is yeah. not the point like you want balance like as much as i love like ignorant rap i was just watching that old gold everything video the other day uh you got to balance that with something else yeah 
And in comics, like we're getting Cape comics made for people who used to read Cape comics and probably still do. And then a bunch of other stuff. And it's like, where, like, I feel like image is really blowing up because people realize they want more than just like Spider-Man versus Venom, you know, same with dark horse and Oni and all these other companies. So it's just a matter of like proving to people that this is viable. Like I kill giants is one of the best comics of like the past, how, how like 10 years. Like that book is super hard and it's just about grief and that's it. It's just well done. I still never finished that. I really need to, I need to copy it's it. I stopped buying yeah. paper. It looks good. Like it looks amazing. Yeah. It's, it's just like, so, like everybody I know just cries reading that book. Cause it's that real. Like it's that human connection. Yes, yes. I think, and I think Image is really great because it's bringing in a lot of people. That a didn't mess with comics or coming from different type of comics. Yeah, and a lot of and like all the energy that Vertigo used to have, mm-hmm. and they don't because the whole Karen Burger situation. They were able to like, oh, Image is right there, and they have these really cool expos in which they announce all these cool comics. So I know what's coming out. Yeah. And I want to try that. And they go try it. Like the wicked and the divine isn't for me. Mm-hmm. Cause it's a little bit still too Brit pop for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's a well-made comic book. It, it has, it has some really interesting ideas in it mm-hmm. about fame, celebrity, like lives and loves and all like it's it's good it's solid i see why it's successful i see why saga is successful like i get these books and there's so many other new books and not all for me but that's great because they there's such a breath coming out of image mm-hmm. um i'm not gonna lie i do not totally understand the fact that only one person picks all the books <laughs> but um that's the thing like i feel like we're in a really good place where we can like I'm, I, I'm trying to get stuff like behind the scenes in the place too, to where we can kind of change the industry, like bit by yeah. change the fan base, I should say, and through that change the industry. Just because, like, if we can dictate what's cool, then like we can put on some crazy stuff to people who otherwise would never hear about it. Yeah, yeah. I, I always thought that. Um... The, the the type of marketing that's used in in mainstream in comics in general mm-hmm. is is lacking, and I also I can, I think that's because I grew up with hip hop. Yeah, like the 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 nature of marketing and getting yourself out there, or just using different avenues to get your stuff in front of people, 
Yeah, like it's always forefront. Like, what do juxtapose readers like? What kind of comics do they like? You know what I mean? I know. And how come no one reaches out to juxtapose the high fructose? I see them at every San Diego Comic Con I've been to. Yeah. So they're there. How come no one partners with them? That's um, what I'm about. Like Complex will run comic stuff, but like, where's the comics for the complex audience? Yeah, like, and how come no one really? It seems like Complex would be really receptive to like doing stuff. Yeah. Who's not hollering at Complex? Like Mark Echo is famously known to being a comic book geek. Yeah. He that's his company. Like all the people tweet about all this other geeky shit all the time. Holler at them. Like, what about Life and Times? What about Two Dope Boys? What about Fader? Like, oh, you want to know something crazy? Uh, yeah. Combat Jacks hit that video show for a hot minute. Yes. Uh, he was wearing a Nowhere Men t-shirt in that. The science is the new rock and roll. Oh, word. And, like, he just saw the shirt somewhere. Yeah, like, he just picked it up. Like, that's the sort of thing that, like, if there wasn't someone like me or you in the industry watching for it, people wouldn't notice because it's, it. it's out of their range. Like, they're not checking for that. Like, I was blown when Combat Jack told me on Twitter he followed long bosses on 22s on Tumblr. <laughs> I was like, whoa. Yeah. And like, they all knew about it. And I was like, okay. Like, that lets me know something. Or like, like when um Kenny Kyle put up the like two chains holding that picture, this version of like the fans asking for he drew with like two chains as human torch. Yeah. I'm like, that's so fucking dumb. <laughs> <laughs> like, 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 people don't understand. Like, that's all diversity like, is. It's like, just different people sharing different things like fundamentally um like if me and you sit down together we're like what books are you into right now like that's diversity because we have different thoughts and different interests and different goals so what i'm into might not be what you're into but together we might find something super hot like common ground yeah and i think that's how that's how culture grows and that's how culture spreads yeah it's the common ground man this is I just wish there was a little bit more of that in, in, in comics. And I think it's it's interesting that we can, yeah, I guess, do these things, do social media, through podcasts and everything. That's how we have to talk about it because I don't know if the system in place wants to deal with it. And I don't know if the, the press, quote unquote press, and the way they handle it wants to really talk about it mm-hmm. that much. Because it's... Like, I don't want to compare oppression, so I'm going to try to phrase it carefully. But the women in comics argument might be a little bit easier because it's something that we're more used to. Like, we've been having the feminism conversation for a very long time in a very public way, in a way that we haven't with the race conversation. Like, as a as a uh, nation, not as, like, an industry. So the, yeah. when women say, like, here's how we were oppressed and why, and, like, we know where to go. We know how to get to step two. But with the race thing, a lot of times it feels like even more, not more, but like differently fraught than the feminism conversation. Like there's different issues that hold us back with it and we're not ready to tackle those yet. Like, the, I, I agree. Like there's no talk of reparations yeah. for women, even though like every man alive really owes a lot of women a lot of things. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah it's. <laughs> I think especially within comics, like, 
race is such a hot button issue. And I think it's comics is very liberal. Yeah. And I think the current nature of liberalism has this feeling that they're that they're not prejudiced. Mm-hmm. And they say, well, we're not racist. And you don't understand that like racism is a system. Yeah. And we live within said system like black without people actively participating about. Yeah. Like we can't. It's the system and we can't just like it's not just saying like I'm not racist and the system goes away. It's there. Yeah. Like you got to show and, and prove it takes effort. Like even for yeah. me, like as a man, like I'm so I'm so grateful for the uh, various women in my life, both in real life and that I know on the Internet, because they keep me in check. Like there's so oh, yeah. much that I just like internalized as a kid that I had to unlearn that I'm still unlearning. And that would never happen if I wasn't if first if they weren't present and second if I wasn't open to it. Oh yeah, like I I stay around women purposely. Yeah. I listen to them, I hear the stories, like I try to check everything I do in my head. Like before I say it or do it, and sometimes I fail. Yeah, sometimes I'm around a bunch of dudes and I fail, but I know I'm failing. Like later, I was like, I shouldn't have done that, or maybe I should have said this. Or you put two and two together later and realize that like you thought you were on point, but you weren't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I I know how to check my privilege, as they say now. Like, and that's a hard lesson to learn because like fundamentally, it's about accepting something greater than yourself. Like it's like it's kind of like killing your ego for the benefit of somebody else. Yeah, a lot of people don't know how to take an L. Yeah. You know, they want to win so much, they don't know how to take that L. But that's super American too. Like I was talking the other day about how uh like Americans believe in winning. Because it's like that cowboy John Wayne thing. Like you come to town, there's a bad guy, you shoot him, you know, problem solved. But that's not realistic anymore. Like real life is asymmetrical now. Yeah, is that person that you just shot really a bad guy? Yeah. Like who are you to come in here and just change everything? Or even like is violence even the answer, even if he is a bad guy? Yeah, what is it with his conversation? Like, yeah. An agreement. Like, there's a whole bunch of ways to, to, to win, and people just think it was the most black and white or basic of, of winning. Yeah, like, I'm, I, I go through phases with writing about race stuff. Um, I'm at a point now where I'm like, I'm not really interested in, well, no, I'll point out somebody else's racism, but I'm not going to dedicate a lot of, like, manpower to it because it's the system. Like, the dude is just a, a symptom of a problem. Like I'm trying to kill a squad instead of just like one dude. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because otherwise, what's the point? Like one dude learns that he was a dick one time. Like how does that make anybody's life better, but the people that he's about to meet? Yeah. Like what about the system or the crew? Yeah. That made it possible for him to be a dick all the time. Exactly. And I just like, I know I can't fix it, but I want to so bad. Like I put so much time and effort into it that I feel like like I got a responsibility just because of where I am. But it wears yeah, it goes on back you. to that that K dot thing that that influence. You got to make sure like what you're doing is the right thing. Yeah, because like as much as I want to give up, sometimes like that's not a good message to send. Yeah, everybody I looked up to didn't. 
but like I got faith that things are getting better and better, but not necessarily like in the Marvel and DC way, like the mainstream comics way. But there are people putting out comics now that are just straight fire who've never read like a Spider-Man comic. Like they grew up on Rumiko Takahashi or somebody. Yeah. The influence is, is it's interesting to see that we're getting to the age of the nineties. People not only being adults, but being of that, that prime age of like late twenties to like early thirties where like all the influences was when like anime exploded Mm -hmm. Video games took it to another level, and there's a whole period of time in which the biggest pop culture that everyone took in all came from Japan. Mm-hmm. Like every Nintendo game that was uh, that made something was Japanese. Yeah. Every Genesis game, every PlayStation game, all the cartoons, like everything came from Japan. And like we don't get and, Frank Miller without Lone Wolf and Cub. Oh yeah, like that's the beauty of sharing is that when people start remixing things or like learning things, that's when things get crazy. I was talking to, uh, Justin Greenwood. He draws the fuse in uh, Stumptown. We were taking a plane back from Emerald city together. And I was just showing him bleach chapter pages on my iPad. Cause I saved like a hundred of those things for a post. And he was yeah. like, I could see like comics expanding in his head. Like his mind was blown because nobody really does stuff like that in comics. Like that. I, I read Bleach every goddamn week. Yeah. The way he's ending the story is making no sense to me. That being said, his page layout game is probably the best in all of comicdom yeah. of the last in the last 10, 15 years. Like, it's crazy. He's a fucking genius at that shit. I look at it as like the layouts, the way he uses the kanji for the sound effects he makes it a part of the page. It's just like, no one's fucking with Kubo on this shit yeah. at all. I don't even care how it ends. I don't care if it makes sense. Yeah. I feel like this whole ending is a victory lap where like everybody gets one <laughs> last moment in the sun, but like that's supposed to come after you're done. Like an epilogue. Yeah. He's like, it's the last story. It's like, everybody gets to fight one good last time. Everybody gets a, a great new outfit and a superpower. A cool one liner. I'm like, hey, I'm looking at the pages. Like, last week was crazy. Like, I just looked good. Yeah. I was like, fuck. fuck. Like, East of West does cold opens. Like, you'll get, like, a four or five page, like, scene, and then there's, like, a title spread with, like, no art on it. It's just, like, you know, East of West, blah, blah, blah. And then yeah. it gets into the story. Yeah. Like, even that is hot. Like, nobody really does that. Because that's playing with pace. Yeah, yeah that's, a, that's a very you know, quote unquote TV show thing to do. Yeah. And TV shows ain't always do that until recently. Yeah. Like we're going to do the tight. We're going to like start you in. And it's just like, Oh, okay. Here's the, the freaking intro thing, or they might not do it at all. I, I've always had wonderings. It's cool to see like certain things. I've always thought about mm-hmm. doing happening. Like I love that. Um, Trill league is happening. Mm-hmm. Because I've always had ideas of stuff like that. Or, like, why don't people act like that? I would have all these conversations. And, like, and if, to see someone, like, actively doing it, I don't get jealous. I'm like, fuck yeah. I'd be throwing my little money in the Kickstarter. Yeah, I threw some money at Trill League, too. Dang, he, he got double his goal, by the way. I just I, looked it up. I'm happy. <laughs> I'm so happy. Like, I think he can do, like, three issues or something like that. Like, straight. 
and I'm glad he's blowing up because it's like that shit to me is hilarious. Like Black Robin on Instagram talking about my birthday party going to be tight. <laughs> like I was like, like one Disha, like Black Wonder Woman is kind of ratchet. That's funny. Like it's cool and it's funny. Yeah. Like we should be able to make fun of our humor and with that ideas of like the Justice League. That'd be funny to me. Like. I find that hilarious. And there's even just like from an artistic point of view, like his art doesn't really look like comics art. Like he's got like an animation influence or something in there. You know what I mean? Just yeah. with like the designs yeah. and that kind of thing. It, it, it's interesting to me how many black artists, because most of what they've probably seen is cartoons. Because mm-hmm. when, the, when the bust of the comic book store happened, all those comic book stores close to the hood went away. Mm-hmm. Um, since cartoons is a thing, that's what anime and cartoons are the, the main influence. And it also makes me sad because I've met so many black artists over the years wanting to break in. They can't break in. They end up in animation. Mm-hmm. And they end up drawing the same stuff, but they have to make it move and then they get paid better. So it's funny to see, like, of course they're not going to come back and do comics. They get paid more. Yeah, if you chase somebody they, out, like, and then they met, they get on somewhere else, like, they don't owe you anything. Like you should be yeah. coming back on hand and knee, as far as I'm concerned. It's like you know they're dope. Like they the only did they draw your shit, they drew it moving mm-hmm. and it reached ten times your audience. That's what made me so mad about McDuffie at DC is that like with the T V show alone, you could tell he knows the Justice League. So really nobody should have been telling him anything on that book. Nope. Like that that bothered me. It's like he drew the Justice League that everyone thinks about as the Justice League. Now. Yeah. Not Super Friends. Not your little idea of what you thought was cool of the Justice League that was cool in 1988 or 1991. No, the one that came on every freaking week on Cartoon Network that sells the action figures in Target. Yeah. That's the Justice League. And their stories were better. He wrote those stories. <laughs> And it's just wild that you would minimize somebody like that. But like we were saying earlier that it's like inertia in comics. Like that's why it's so hard to get over that hump. Like DC was just doing what DC does. Like they didn't know what they had, which is crazy from the outside. But like, how do you fix, how do you fix an entire company? How do you fix a culture like that? I, I think that it's like when you talk about sports, it's the front office because I'm thinking like Marvel's able to smack the shit out of them, mm-hmm. starting behind them all the time. So like DC existed first, Marvel came out in the '60s, smacked the shit out of them. Like DC's all my Warner Brothers made movies, some classic joints. Marvel. Through some ways of being bankrupt and like figuring out that we gotta do this all shit ourselves, mm-hmm. comes out, smacks the shit out of them. And you know what? And it's just like, I would take Blade over pretty much every all that first wave of Batman movies except for the first one. Because Blade is Blade so is hard. Still, like that movie. Blade is Blade is so goddamn dope. Um And then they couldn't make the Blade comic work. Like that's another thing. Like we're even when Marvel's ahead of the game, like they they can't grasp what what's right in front of them. And it's funny 
was real funny, which is, I guess, to start the current trend of my episodes as they are, was to see Ron do a pitch for a Blade comic that's amazing. Mm-hmm. It go away to see him just put the images out and then to see, like, all the comic book websites talk about, like, man, Marvel should make this comic. This should be a pitch. It's like, you motherfuckers don't understand. Yeah. This was a pitch. Like, I was talking to him on the phone about the pitch because I was telling him about all the random issues of Blade <laughs> I read as a kid so he could craft this this pitch yeah. that they just did nothing with. And it was like, they could have their new version of Blade. I don't know why they didn't took it. That's why, like, certain things is like, why do you not put that out? But you put, and this is nothing against Squirrel Girl. Mm-hmm. Why do you put Squirrel Girl out? Like, what what market, what need is it serving? Yeah, like, Blade is Blade. He's a pre-established mainstream awareness. Mm-hmm. He kills vampires. It's cool. You even have a cool little Japanese expert in it. He is a fucking boken. Like, how how can you not sell that? And X, how can a combo store not sell that? Mm-hmm. Like, that's that's a failure. That's like if I equate this to anything else, any other entertainment medium, the people making it doesn't get hurt. The people in the charge get fucked up. Mm. Like, if you can't sell a dope ass new album that a person was had a bazillion doubt, like if Cash Money couldn't sell Drake after Soul Go Far Gone, <laughs> that's not on Drake. Yeah. That's on Cash Money. And it's like, I just got confused. And again, like, I have nothing against Squirrel Girl. I haven't read it. Also, like, Howard the Duck. How Duck got a new comic book because he had a cameo at the end of a movie. <laughs> but you ain't make Blade, though. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, a Duck get on, but the goddamn franchise that got you started in the movie business can't get you, can't get on. And I don't, just saying, I don't understand. Like, yeah, I don't know. I, I really feel like Marvel and DC made a market for one type of fan, or, you know, like a, a very small number of types of fans. And that's who they're going to cater to. Yeah, I just feel like that all those type of fans got in the game. Yeah. And they make what they like. And it just only reaches the people that's like them. Yeah, which is a shame. Like, there's so much. Like, comics are honestly my favorite genre. Not genre. Uh, medium. Medium. Because you can do anything. Like, just from straightforward, like, nine-panel grid to, you know, like, Chiro and Appleseed. You know, where it's like 16 panels to a page. And by the way, there's not a grid. Yeah, it's just crazy. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what, like, I understand, like, maybe it's not marketable or it might not make economic sense, but you got to have a place for that stuff because that's what, you know, people remember Man Without Fear and uh, Born Again, not like Daredevil 196. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Like, we just had a show. That all came on Netflix that is essentially Man Without Fear mm-hmm. adapted from what I can read damn near close as hell mm-hmm. 
Like they're not making all those other random stories, like that random story, like that. Not random, but like some of those stories. Like I, I, I didn't hear Typhoid Mary was in the show. They do that Louise Simonson joint, <laughs> <laughs> draw by JRJR versus Typhoid Mary. Yeah. Uh, nah, not yet. They might, but the first thing they did was that out of the blue freaking miniseries in the nineties of redoing his origin. Mm-hmm. It was like out of it was out of the blue. We want to act like it wasn't. It was like a random ass miniseries. It was cool. I remember when that shit came. Yeah, out. it was a script that Frank Miller wrote for a movie, and then turned into a comic, which is even weirder. Like when you look at it, look at it from that angle, like it yeah. makes sense why it is what it is. Then, yeah, it, it it started one way, ended up to a comic, then ended back into like some type of live action. Yeah, it just. It, it, it's it's funny how the game works. Yeah, I just I just can't help but get to an old enough point. It's just, and, and I always have this feeling like people probably think that I'm I'm jaded or I'm angry about myself, mm-hmm. and like I I've gotten over that. Like I've gotten over the concept of breaking in or being in the comics or doing this thing that like I literally dreamed about doing as a kid. Mm-hmm. My problem just started happening when I've seen more and more people. That I even feel that I feel better than me, get jaded or get kicked around or not appreciated. And I'm like, and some of these people I went to art school with, so it's like, mm-hmm. these people have educations in art. Like, they know what they're doing, they're talking about. So, like, why is, how come they're not good? And this guy that just drew all the time, and and, and I, you know that's when my critical hat comes on. He's like, that person isn't that isn't that great. So why did he get put on? And then like you know you know the way the game works. You just oh he became friendly with X at these many shows, mm-hmm. or he can he take hangs deadlines. Out with him a lot. Yeah, yeah. It's just like oh okay, all right. That doesn't seem fair. And, you know, I don't expect capitalism to be fair, but... <laughs> but if I could snap my like, fingers and put everybody on the same playing ground, like where black stories are as valid as white stories, as stories about women, as stories about gay people, and all everything was just the same, like you could pitch it the same, I totally would. Yeah. It's like I almost want it to be... I, like, sometimes I do want it to be like sports. It's just like, yo... Motherfucker can do the 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 mile in like under ten seconds. <laughs> <laughs> or yo, how the dude do in the, in the final four? He getting drafted. Like I, I know what the like I I understand that system. Even when even that system is fucked up, I yeah. get it. This, I don't know what he's explaining to me. Like oh, okay, they have stats. I see what's happening. Com- All right, comics cool. is broken in such obvious ways. Like, you can't help but, like, look at what's wrong and be like, why do we put up with this? And I, I get why people leave. Yeah. Or they don't. So they stop trying. They go do something else. And then you sometimes you hear fans or other people say, well, they just quit. I'm like, they, yeah. Like, at the end of the day, if a person doesn't want you in the house, are you going to continue to ring their doorbell? Mm-hmm. Or you just gonna go someplace where you want it, or go hang out somewhere else? That uh, that's what happened to Christopher Priest. Um, Anna Cinti left comics. Uh, Devin Grayson was out for uh, for a while. 
I know. Shit, they made they wrote some dope ass stories. Like as much as I love Frank Miller, like Innocenti writes the best Daredevil. Like she's the yeah. one. Like her and Ramita Junior. Like they killed. Oh my goodness. And it's like, how how do they not get another look? Or how do they stop getting looks? Why do you just keep making them like the woman writer or the black writer or the gay writer? I like. I clearly I don't know Christopher Police personally at all, mm-hmm. but I wonder if he feels some type of way about this Black Panther thing. Mm, interesting, because you know, I love Jack Kirby all day. They ain't using Jack Kirby's Black Panther. Yeah. They're going to use Christopher Police and Reginald Hudlin's Black Panther. And Reginald Hunt, at least in the, in the Hollywood game, to know how, how shit worked. Mm-hmm. And got his own hustles. But even still, Reginald Hudlin's coming off with a Christopher Priest run of Black Panther where he totally changed the character. Yeah, 100%. Completely. Like, it's a different idea of the character once after you read that Marvel Knights comic. It's like everything changes. Like, you can't go back to old Black Panther. And, and I just, I really think about Wonder Woman. It's like, he he changed that character he made that character what it is today and you know he ain't getting no check <laughs> um like hopefully they'll he's do even right get a by him like Marvel occasionally will uh, do something right in the movies like they credited um I think Kirby and Guardians but they gave all the other co-creators like special thanks instead of created by credit like Jim Starlin and them Oh, special that he created Thanos. Yeah, right. <laughs> he literally created Thanos. Like, like, I, like I didn't see Guardians of the Galaxy, so like, like I know it was a big deal about um the creator, the co-creator of Rocket Raccoon getting to see yeah. the movie. Yeah, like he got it created th- by credit too, I believe. And I think like I think he maybe was sick at the time. Mm-hmm. And I was talking about this last night with some friends. It's like, yeah, a, a credit and seeing a movie early is cool and all, but like, where the cash? Yeah. Like at least, you know, like I love the hero initiative, uh, the the charity, but it's crazy that has to exist. Like, how are there so many, Same. like bereft comics creators who made classics, like genuine classics? It's like you can't y'all got bread and y'all can't even when they die just bless them with some some health issues. Yeah. Like I don't even know how that's too much to ask. Y'all y'all got money. That's capitalism. Like y'all You can only use like, money to make more money. It's a, it's a damn shame because you see companies that like do a worth so much more do so much better. Mm-hmm. Like Apple, like y'all ain't y'all kind of good. Y'all ain't y'all ain't making Apple bread. Like your parent company ain't even making Apple <laughs> bread. Um, I saw that Netflix is right above like NBC and CBS and those now. Oh yeah, it's sharing crazy. Like the the stock price is sharing. Yeah, from what it says, like I'm just like yeah, and I have a feeling like I, I doubt the people working on those shows are fucked over. Mm-hmm. Like that. Like, I bet you if they got sick, they could go to the hospital. Mm-hmm. Like, right now, comic creators is like, are like the same level of people as, as, as like, student athletes. <laughs> they get sick, you show. 
You show it, son. Yeah. Oh, man, that's something else. That, like, I had to stop watching college football behind the NCAA. Oh, I st- I first as a kid, I didn't fuck with the NCAA to begin with because I'm just like, well, I'm gonna watch amateurs when I watch professionals. <laughs> now I'm gonna get older, it's just like, yo, y'all make how much on a Final Four? Like, just even on the schools alone, like Ohio State, I grew up watching them. Like, it's like, you know, my family's from Ohio, um, my grandparents anyway. So like, they're the t- they're the family team. You know what I mean? And they yeah. get like billions of dollars off sports, and it's a college like. I was going to go to Ohio State. Tuition was twenty five grand for out of state in two thousand two, so I didn't go to Ohio State. Yeah, like it's just we've yeah. got it twisted. It's kind of like, what are you paying for? Like, what? Are, like, you got money. Like, you got money. Like, I don't understand certain things. It's like with that, I'm like, what I didn't know when I was younger was like every time I was playing those EA Sports college games. It, them kids wasn't getting no paper. Yeah. <laughs> when I found out they wasn't getting no paper, it's like, there's one thing to not be paid in college. There's one thing to do this, but to use your likeness To be forever? exploited throughout. Yeah. And, and, and you mean to tell me that I couldn't have Michael Jordan in the NBA live for all them years because he was like, no? <laughs> but you could put everybody else in these college games and they get nothing from it? I was like, the game is fucked up. And it's like, I feel that way when I read about comics. I feel like the game is fucked up. Like something has to be better. Because it's not like that in every artistic industry, every creative industry. It's not. Like I got friends in animation and they they did all right. Mm -hmm. They got houses. They was getting some good, they they was eating well. They was doing pretty good. They're not rich. But yo, they ain't struggling either. They they ain't putting two slices together with mayonnaise. They, <laughs> and all this is basically the they, same they problem. Family. Like everything we've been talking about, it's it's selfishness on one hand and the culture on the other, because we just roll with what was established before us. No one shakes it up. No one really shakes it up. Like the last was the last literal shakeup. I guess you could say was image the creation of image. Yeah, and we're still feeling like, shakes from that. Like, that's part of why it's, yeah. like you were saying, it's writer-dominated now. Yeah. It's like the reverse, but it's still a good thing. It's like, I may not read The Walking Dead nor watch the yeah. show, but there's a, that level of, of success that Kirkman had is amazing. It's like... And he doesn't have to share with any company. And it's like Kobe, when he took that, uh, that max contract last year... His, well, one of the reasons he said, of course, you know, getting like 40 million is great, but he was like, I want to show these kids that they should be paid with their worth. And if you're a superstar, you deserve superstar dollars. Yeah. Like these people are billionaires. Yeah. Like 40 million isn't a lot when you have 10, like, yeah, like 10 figures in your bank account. Yeah. Like the, I think the Donald Sterling thing and them being forced to sell the Clippers is going to shake things up a lot because now people know how much the teams are really worth. Oh yeah, nah. like now it changes. Like, what do you really feel about us? We really think about yeah. us. Oh, we th- oh you th- oh now we thought we thought we really getting money, but nah, you really ain't you ain't you ain't getting money. Like the fact that Michael Jordan owns the the the, the freaking Charlotte Hornets means he's now getting yeah, money. and he turned like, into the same old dude. Like he turned into an evil owner. He became he became that to succeed. Yeah. And it's like, it's fucking sad, but it's just like, 
He's swimming in that, that pool of sharks. <laughs> it's like that shoot money was shoot money's all right. Mm-hmm. But it's like how much is Nike making versus how much you're making? Nike's making what the owners is making. That's that Jeezy <laughs> song when he uh he says he takes a Gatorade break and thinks about how much Gatorade makes when he's recording. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like I, like the capitalist thought, like the fact that I think we have to think about yeah. that. And I, I don't know if everyone thinks about it that way, but this the capitalist idea to constantly have it running through your brain. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, like how much are they making off of me? Like, like do they really care about you? Like they get you all hyped up. It's like we're coming out with this, and then we're gonna release X comic, X comic, X comic, X comic, X comic. Like yo, all this shit ain't story. Yeah. Like if it was just story, it'd be one comic. They, they getting bread while they retool their next shit. Like, like convergences are is cool and all, but like. It's like that Star Wars trailer. It's nostalgia mm-hmm. to make bread off of. Like, and haven't they already announced they, the thing after that? Yeah, they already announced like, all the new different stuff. And it's like, all right, like, okay, they got Black Robin and a book full of Robins. Like, some of the stuff seems cool. Some of the stuff seems the same, same old, same mm-hmm. old. But it's just like, yeah, you're doing two months of nostalgia comics about stuff that you, that we like and you stop, want to stop praying. Mm-hmm. But it's also the same with Marvel. It's like Secret Wars. You're making like all these comics that like a big what ifs, and but you said this shit ends in January, so like everybody's getting hyped up. These books ain't probably gonna be here after January. There's gonna be the new universe is gonna be here. Like, like I don't, I don't, I can't get hyped up off of business plans. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's a good way to put it. Like, unless I have equity in it, like, like yo, if I had stocks, like if I was like. Like it's like my same thing with teams. Like I don't really say I'm a fan of a team or that like I have I follow a team or I or like I have things. It's like yo, I would watch football every Sunday if I had equity in a, in a football team. Mm-hmm. I would run around with everything they got if I know that like every time something is sold, I got to check. Mm-hmm. But if I don't got it, it's just like I'll see what I like and I will move on. Like I don't know if the fa- I don't know at a certain point what's being a fan of certain of some of these things are. Like I love the Fast and the Furious. I don't know if I can say I'm a quote unquote fan of the Fast and the Furious. I, for me, like I just keep it simple. Like if I like it, I'm a fan. But that doesn't mean that I'm going to wear like a, a Paul Walker R.I.P. jacket. Yes. Yeah. yeah. But I totally get that. Yeah. But if somebody's like, hey, you want to do that? Like, I was excited for this new one, man. Like, I didn't even watch any trailers. I was just like, I'm going to go in stone cold. It's going to be great. And Yeah, I, I have to be honest. Like, I fucks with Fast and Furious. Like, I was live tweeting that goddamn trailer that came out <laughs> on YouTube. I was like, oh, my God. They crashing cars through buildings yeah. and shit in Abu Dhabi. Like, it's so extra. Like, like, and I love it. I love it to death. But, like. Like, I you know I had to I had the bonus I got to see it for free so I didn't even have to put no money in it. Mm-hmm. So to me it's just pure enjoyment. But it's just like I'm not going to just openly say like I'm going to really really ride for them. Like I don't know if they they don't really really ride for me. No, the next like, movie could suck. Yeah, like 
It's entertainment. It could be garbage. Yeah. Like, that's the thing is, like, I can't... There are things that, like, shape my personality. Like, I like, you know, crime comics and uh, martial arts movies, all this stuff. But it's not, like, the defining feature of my personality. It's just an aspect. Yeah. And I think when people get too deep and it becomes, like... I'm I'm a Green Lantern fan first and foremost. Like that's it's too far. Like it's it's just comics. Yeah. Like who are you? Yeah. You know what I'm saying like what makes you you? Like instead of telling me how much you like some dude, like tell me what you get out of that character. Like why why did you connect so hard? Yeah, I think sometimes people don't know why. Or they don't get the why's. They don't know how to explain it. Mm-hmm. And I guess I got pretty good at explaining like the why. Like that's what I tried to. Why I like X. Yeah. Because I've been like I've been thinking like this past year. It's just been me in the lab, and it's just everybody. Nobody does anything for no reason. If that makes sense, like they have a reason in their head that may, means that it's worthwhile to do. Um, whether that's like liking Fast and the Furious or you know beating somebody up on the street. And it's figuring out that reason, how that relates to you. Because I like Fast and the Furious because, like, I'm super down this year. But seeing brown people and their white friend doing amazing things repeatedly, like, that is some uplifting shit. That's some amazing shit to see. So they got they got a black hacker. Yeah. They got Ludacris as a black hacker nerd, and they have a beautiful black hacker woman. Like what? And it's all like black people no computers. Maxim yeah. FHM bodies. You know, it's like a very specific slice of life, but like it's fun to look at. Money, 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 money ain't the motive. What's your name again? Nobody knows it. Don't speak to me, nigga. You not in broken. I'm focused. Two, three. They say I'm nutty, I'm picking basket, I'm short of a sandwich, a peanut butter, boy, swapping's a fact, please come and get me, said I suck him at your neck, like a hippie boy, I'm sickly, like an HIV victim, ain't nobody fucking with me, I got banned from New Zealand, Whitey called me a demon, and the terrorist, God damn it, I couldn't believe it, been a kid from the country, I never fall, never timber, but you fucked up as a pants, a child idol's a nigger, I clearly don't give a fuck, so you can run that shit back, and fuck your loud pack, and Yo, Snapchat, Cherry Bomb, the greatest fucking album since the days of sound. And that shit gon' pop just like that nigga that was never round. Damn, got to drop, gas him up, thick exhaust. Young T, came quick, off the beat, dick is soft. Yeah, we get to see ourselves. Like, and I, and like, things like Empire. Yeah. I, I didn't totally like Empire. Um, but I, you know what? I see why it's popular. I get why it's popular. And I, I do think it's kind of neat. Yeah, it is. I don't really ride with the people who make it, but... I uh, Taraji yeah. P. Henson on that show was like... She's basically what I feel like Storm should be in terms of being amazing. Because she's like a force yeah. of nature. Like, that woman is just the bomb. But it's like... Yeah, think of how yeah, rarely you see nice. that. You'd be nice. You ain't gonna never see nobody like Cookie in no goddamn comic book, <laughs> no superhero comic. I've been watching. You need a specific voice for that. To write yeah, that. I've been looking at uh, a different world. They put they put all those up on Netflix, and it's crazy. Just like it's subtly pro black, like it's just majority black by default. It's like Fast and the Furious, as a matter of fact. And Marissa Tomei is Paul Walker in the first season. Uh huh. And they're Italian American white. Yeah. Friend. 
and the whole show is just like black and brown people doing doing their thing like being normal like is what it comes down to as opposed to uh you know fighting racism or some sexist dude street harassing them like they just get space to be people it's that beautiful thing that we grew up in of that post 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 civil rights movement like post 70s like you know knowledge of self like post Cosby show really it it was concurrent yet it was post it was younger it was just like okay this is what Denise's Denise's generation is about Mm -hmm. like this is what black HBCU college is like and I was like that show made me go to college Mm -hmm. And I still sometimes think like I went to art school and I had a really good experience. I have a lot. I like I kind of hung out with a lot of black people, but I it's always a part of me was like maybe I should have went to an HBC. Yeah, because they make it look so dope. They look, even oh just like God, the like, opening the opening credits is just like how do I get that life? It, it's it's funny being in DC like like Howard's here. Yeah. Like not only for me is like is it on television. Like I can like I seen it like it's like like the dream is real or like like this shit really like that or Morgan State like all these shit like that shit is real like when my cousins went to like HBCU down in, down south it's just like it's not that it's like it's not that crazy like I knew I'd be a different person I probably wouldn't have been in a, in a fraternity yeah. I probably would have been a Kappa because I got I like to I fuck with the cans <laughs> like like it was like a whole bunch of shit like I know like like I was like oh shit like. But you know, I you know I made my decisions. Yeah. You know, I went to art school. I got a different, I got a, I got a different view on things. That weird place of being like the black spot in the white domino. <laughs> where it's like I, I know what the rich elitist society of art talks about. Yeah. Like I know how they talk and think about things. But you know, different world. That's like as much as I love the Cosby Show. You know, cutting out all that kind yeah, of stuff we learned. Man. Um, I can't even talk about that it. Sh- yeah, that, like that show is still important to me, but different world. Like, Dwayne Wayne is my dude. Yeah. Like, like, he's like an unspoken, like, he's like, he went from like Stewie, like, he was like, he was nerdy, but he was cool. Like he played basketball. He was chilling. He listened to rap music. He, he you know what I'm saying? He pined for like the best, like the dopest girls. Yeah. Like Denise Hustable and, and, and freaking Whitney Gilbert. <laughs> like, like, and like Freddie had a crush on him in the first two seasons. And then like Jada Pinky came in and she had a crush on him when he was the teacher. It's like, damn, Dwayne Wayne is the hero. Like I gotta be that dude. <laughs> It was like that show. That show just covered everything, like colorism and black history and racism. Even single uh, divorce and single mothers in the first episode. Oh yeah, uh, they make fun of what's her yeah. name for being divorced. Yeah, because she's divorced. Yeah, and she started college late. And like that's so real. It's like damn. And I think that's like we keep circling around the same thing. It's all about like having that voice out there because somebody in that show had to have been like, what if she was divorced? You know? Yeah, somebody broke that in there. Like, yeah, let's just let's put this in there. We're like, yeah, that'll work. Let's see how that goes. Yeah. And it's like that show. I think um, the first season 
is one way because I think Cosby still had a heavy hand mm-hmm. in it. And the second season when Debbie Allen came in, it kind of became the showrunner. Mm-hmm. And that's when it really got extra dope. Like, that's when Denise is gone and they brought in, like, all the new characters. They put like, Dwayne Wayne and uh, Whitley front and center. Yeah, and then she got that roommate that wasn't, like, the little nerdy girl. She got, then they brought in Freddie and then Walter Oates came in as the RA. All those important pieces started coming in. They started doing, like, right. All the issues at the time, and it's just it's still it's it's still present. Yeah, like, you can still like watch those episodes. You're like, like well, shit. We still like shit. Now I'm like older than Walter Oates, <laughs> and we still dealing with the same shit. Like, and that's all. Like, you got to have that diversity to survive as a medium, or even just a single, like a show or a character or whatever. Because like, if you look at rap music. Rap music now is completely different from what it was, you know, in the park in the 70s. Because rap ate and absorbed and mutated into all these different things, like pop music has a strong rap base. Uh, EDM, you know, I don't think you get the EDM as it is today without rap. And it's all, like, it, it stays relevant because it's always looking for the new. And the new is always what, not what was there before. Like some somebody outside of the status quo. Yeah, it's going to be, I think rap is in this place where I think jazz and and rhythm and blues was in, where it could be, where it it's at this point where it could be completely co-opted. Mm-hmm. But I think, it's like maybe I think unlike this is rap is so focused on youth culture and so focused on black youth culture mm-hmm. and then like, that's why rap shifts, I think, more like unlike anything else with like rock and roll when black people were doing it was one way and it stayed that way until it got took and we made something mm-hmm. else. Rap does it they don't like young black people didn't take didn't go make something else. They change rap within rap into something else. Yeah. That even the older black people was like, Whoa, I don't really like I remember in like in the early two thousands there was people like, I don't really fuck with this new rap. And then you get a little bit further down to like before Drake comes out, like, I don't really fuck with this rap and then you got Drake and now and, and then you get to like now we got Young Thug, I love McConan and all this other shit. And they're like, I don't know if I really like this. I'm sitting here like, This shit is awesome. This is how it's gonna stay yeah, alive. Like remember ten years ago, uh people were making fun of Kanye for like skinny jeans and pink polos. And now you look at Young Thug, oh, he yeah. dresses like a Final Fantasy character. And it's like, <laughs> like he's still, you know, blooding and whatnot in his videos and it's accepted. Like this is, this is the, this is the now, basically. Yeah. And, and it's, you know, there's rejection of it, of certain things, but you're just like, oh, how old are yeah. you? Oh, I'm 29, I'm 32, blah, blah. That's why. Yeah. Cause the kids that's a 21, it's cool with Thugger. Mm-hmm. They're, they're cool with like like I, I like I come back to I love McCone because the way he sings it's like weird. Yeah. Yeah, and I put it on. I, I got a coworker. He's like twenty one. Yeah, I told him I was like, "Yo, you got that new I love McCone mixtape?" He's like, "Yeah, bumping that joint all weekend." <laughs> I was like, "Yeah." It's like I'm like the only thirty five year old dude listening to the same shit the twenty five and the twenty one year old kids is listening to like like fuck like fuck stay behind. Yeah, man. like if you like, stayed behind, like you you would look at McCone and be like, he doesn't even look like a singer. Or like a star. I know. But he's the real deal. 
Yeah, I was like, oh, like drink more water. Five came out. Yes. <laughs> I'm like rubbing my hands together. I'm at work. Like, oh, <laughs> like yeah, like yeah, no, ma'am. Like whip yeah. it. Teach you how to whip it. Like this, he's taking people, teaching them how to whip, how to make crack. <laughs> I don't care. It sounds good. Uh, it's funny. We were talking about like cultures mixing, and I just opened up Not Right to uh, see, like just to see what was up. And there's a Chief Keith and Fredo Santana song called uh, My Bach. But it's got Keith as Ryu and Santana as uh, like a purple Ken. <laughs> and it's like straight up anime art. I don't know. Have you been noticing that? Like a lot of covers doing like anime art? Yeah. Or like, like black Dragon Ball Z characters and shit like that. Yeah, like low-key <laughs> like, super otaku like in jokes. <laughs> and I've been noticing more and more references to Dragon Ball Z and yeah. raps. Like super say like a lot of like, that Frank like, Ocean album where uh Pink Matter where he compares people to Majin Buu. <laughs> <laughs> I still geek out that his album starts up with the PlayStation startup yeah. style and him going into playing Street yeah. Fighter. And a lot of people don't know that it's like, yo, that's the selects for you picking characters in Street Fighter, like I fucks with channel. Yeah. <laughs> that is just it's so real. And that's something that like, like only he like would life. do. You know what I mean? It's 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 just funny like how this stuff goes in and the people don't. And that's why I just like I want to make stuff for them. Yeah. I want to make stuff for them because I don't think like they grew up off stuff and I know they like it. Just they don't see it. Like I know they go to these movies. They gonna go see Avengers: Age of Ultron. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's nothing wrong with it. But yeah, they're not like Falcon ain't gonna do shit in that movie really. Because like, he's not the star, he's not War Machine. Named Chris. He's, yeah, he's not. He's he's not on the poster. War Machine. They be, they bust out the scene like War Machine's kind of movie. Like he's gonna be in that movie like ten minutes out of two and a half hours. <laughs> like he ain't on the poster. Don Cheadle ain't on the poster. <laughs> <laughs> like, ain't no black people. Ain't no Latin people on the poster. Ain't no Asian people on the poster. Like, it is a green dude and a bunch of white <laughs> people. <laughs> And Cheeto can carry a movie. Like, he's like a real deal actor. He ain't been Oscar nominated. It's funny to me. They got Oscar nominated actors and ain't getting, they just sad. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay, Robert Downey Jr., he got he got his Oscar nominations and stuff. But, like, I love Chris Evans' Captain America. He ain't got an Oscar <laughs> nomination. I, I, like, like, my man, <laughs> like, like Anthony Mackie was in like at the Oscar winning film, like her locker. Yeah. Like I think he's been up for at least one, like as a supporting actor. Like he's been in some joints. You know, use a sidekick, B. But like <laughs> here's my thing. So if mainstream America doesn't read comics, what makes Iron Man more important than the Falcon? Like how do you why does he get priority if you're not just paying homage to the past? You know what I mean? Because, like, nobody knew about Blade. Blade came out, and that was hot. Fire. So why can't you pick up, uh, like, the Robbie Reyes Ghost Rider instead of, you know, Johnny Blaze in the next movie? No no one can really answer that question. Because, like, the only reason I get why you pick Iron Man yeah. now is because Robert Downey Jr. Exactly. Made you billions of dollars. Other than that... Like, I, I, like, people want to make a defense of, like, why Spider-Man had to be Peter Parker to start mm-hmm. it off. 
and none of the defenses was good. Like it doesn't really like I've got this six movies with yeah. like or five movies, whatever. There's a bunch <laughs> of movies with Peter Parker. Like we've seen that. Well, a bunch I didn't of times. count. There's been one basically every other year if you average it out since the first movie came out, mm. or it's like over the last eight years or something like that. There's been a, there's been a lot is what it comes down to. Uh, it's like yeah, you can do Miles Morales. It'll be fine. It's still Spider Man. He got bit by a spider. He had an mm-hmm. uncle. It still works. It still works. But now nah, it has to be Peter Parker because for some reason. What's funny, yeah, like that conversation know. trips me out because it can get pretty shallow. People are like, there's no reason Peter Parker has to be white. But I would say that he does because that's an established character. But Spider-Man yeah, can be anybody. Because he got that mask yeah. on. But like with Peter Parker, like I get a lot out of the fact that he's like a young white dude who lives with, with his aunt in Queens. Like that's that's still a valuable story. It doesn't matter. It doesn't suck because he's white. Yeah. But if all we get is uh, you know white dudes from Queens, then it's like, well, what about G Rap? <laughs> <laughs> like this is whole story of Queens. Like I don't know all the late seventies and the eighties and the nineties. It's mostly black, yeah. <laughs> black and Latino. Like like where's that story? I just sit back. I just like. Yeah, the Spider-Man thing was weird because, yeah, I agree. Like, I don't want them to make Peter Parker. Yeah, it would feel like pandering. Yeah, like, that's why I did like Miles Morales because Bendis was like, all right, people wanted Donald Glover to be Spider-Man. Okay. All right. We could do that. Whole new character. Whole That's, to me, still his best first arc of a story. Yeah, that was like thunder and lightning. That was dope. I was like, when I when you get to the end with 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 his uncle, and it's like I was like, that is the dopest flip of like the uncle being the reason why Spider Man is Spider Man. I've re- like that is the hood version of like I like that shit is real as fuck because it's like he was a cool uncle, but he was cool because he was doing some dirt to eat. Like I was just like I was like. I like yo. That's why I think like Bendis is a special case. He can write a good ass Luke Cage. Yeah. He can write this this Black Spider Man. I was like, ah. but it still tricked me out because his dad's name was Jefferson Davis, the leader of the Confederacy. <laughs> and like, I know he named him after yeah. one of his friends or something like that. And like, that's cool. But he didn't look that up. It's still weird. And also, I went to Jefferson I, I Davis guess... Middle School, which had me feeling like Huey from the Boondocks. Some type, yeah. Of <laughs> <laughs> you see stuff I don't know because I grew up in this black community of black. <laughs> it's like I grew up in like a, a like Wakanda or some shit. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> black people are amazing. I love to see amazing black. Yeah, people. Like, I'm, the Hustables. People say the people they look like the bullshit. I seen them. <laughs> like. I see black people with money. That, that shit is amazing. That's why one of my favorite things uh, recently, something I really get a lot out of is that blackout day where the uh, the first Friday of every oh, month yeah. people on Tumblr and Instagram and Twitter just go wild posting selfies and it's just like black people being amazing. Yeah, that's what I said. I like when that takes over my feed or Tumblr. It's like, oh, look at all these yeah. black people. And it's not even like... Like I'm pretty confident in in my skin and who I am and all that, but it's nice to be reminded that black is beautiful. 
Yeah, because sometimes we're really tough. Yeah, because every other day I'm seeing another dead black man or woman, you know, shot by a cop or some random, you know, hick. Yeah, it's it's a weird place to be in where it's like, a lot of ways, black isn't beautiful, mm-hmm. but also all the advertising is pushing toward ethnically ambiguous. Yeah. So it's like, hmm, <laughs> like, what is that? What are you saying? That like everybody can look like Puerto Ricans? <laughs> um, well, it's like uh, Amanda Stenberg said in her video, like America loves black culture, but not black people. Like they just want they want the cool, but not everything else. Yeah, it's yeah, it's weird. Everybody wants to get to heaven, but nobody wants to die. Yeah. Oh man, I think I've talked your head off long oh, yeah. enough. Two, two, three, four quarters hours. Man, it flew yeah. by though. I know we we'll have to do this again. Yeah, no doubt. Maybe in the, when it gets hot, like after you know you've been through like eighty-seven <laughs> cons or something. After San Diego, when I'm just a husk. Yeah, where you're like defeated, <laughs> like that post San Diego, but like pre New York Comic Con insanity. Ramsdale. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. It's really just like, I feel like we got to talk about this just because a lot of people don't or they don't do it the right way. Um, And not like there's a right way to talk about race and stuff. There's definitely a wrong way where it's just like finding the target and hitting them for racism and moving on to the next target. Like we got to we got to make sure that the culture is out there, too. Yeah, I've noticed just a certain amount of unhappiness over the past couple of years. Yeah. And I just, like, I just decided it's like, shit, why don't I just call some people and talk about it and just put it on the internet? Because nobody else is doing <laughs> it. Like, at all. Yeah, especially within comics. Like, there's, there's a, like, I like um, Black Box. Like, I like that podcast and a couple others. But, like, I feel invisible a lot of times. Podcasting, I feel in some ways, especially in comics podcasting, got very what I feel uber fanish, mm-hmm. less critical about things, and again, we started to become really white, mm-hmm. and and with with comic, that's why I, I've I end up moving more to listening to hip hop podcasts because not only do they give me these interviews with people and you get to learn this history from directly from the source mm-hmm. but it's just an interesting voice to hear like Gen X black people and, and sometimes and younger like our generation of black people just talking about our culture and like a historical presence because like we're probably the only generations able to do that like on that level we can say it we can say it and put it out ourselves mm-hmm. And it can be kept for like eternity, and I don't. And I really think that a lot of people don't understand why people of color are angry, or or, or females. And I need to talk to some more females in comics, as much as I talk to males. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you got to get Cheryl Lynn on and, here. Yeah, I, I really do. It just to, to get this. To I think if people can hear it, they will understand more. They may not agree when I think enough people don't know it even is a problem yeah. 
Like there's so much stuff well, in our cultures that we don't that we don't share. Yeah. Like or they feel alone. Yeah. They feel alone. Or, or even something like mental illness or mental health in the black community is treated one way. Or yeah. um just anything really where it's like inside as opposed to outside. Like if we don't share that stuff then we're never gonna find common ground because like there's no we're starting off unequal anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Like just code switching alone, like explaining that or colorism to somebody and they're like, Oh, I had no idea it was like that. Yeah, code switching is like a ginormous yeah. thing. You know, I have a whiteboard at work in which all I do is write down slang <laughs> with, with, with definitions. Nice. Like, it's just there. It's just... Most recent one was trap. What is the trap? Wow. What is trapping? What is, like, what is the trap house? What is a bad... What is a bad note? <laughs> like, all that shit is up there. And those are all things that, like, like probably for you, too. Like, I've known that since I was a kid. Like... Like the well, first time I heard trap was on the Outcast. Oh, that Spodiody Delicious. Like, yeah, yeah. Like it, it's clearly that is Black Atlanta culture. Mm-hmm. We're now at a point where it's accepted to be that is what we call a dope house mm-hmm. now. Okay, I, it's a lovely play on words. It's lovely that that what it is. The drug game is a trap. Like you can't get like. You can't make money because you can't get a job, so you sell drugs. You get arrested, then you can't get a job, so you end up selling more drugs. It's a beautiful yeah. play. Like, it's like, yeah, they don't, like, white suburban people don't know what that means. They don't know what that is. And I have a feeling like their kids listen to music with it in it. But they don't get the context like, of it. They don't get the context, and, like, I might use it conversationally. So, you know what I want to do? I'm going to take a white marker. <laughs> And I want to explain to you what the fuck this means. I want to explain what thought means when it pops up on your television for no mm-hmm. reason. I want to explain twerk or the history of where twerking comes from. Like, yeah, sex culture. It comes from strip clubs and gentlemen's clubs and booty shaking. And it goes further back further than that. But that's, I, it is fun. But I ain't going to lie. Sometimes I feel some type mm-hmm. of way. Because, like, black people come down, they see it, they laugh. Like, wow. Like, old black people like, oh, thanks. <laughs> but then it's like most of the people I work for, with in IT, as against them, it's a lot of white mm-hmm. people. So, that's life. Yeah, that's, that's the funny part. Like, all this stuff is just stuff we got to deal with. Like, be it code switching or trying to decide if you can snap on somebody and still come out like a hero or whatever. Like, yeah, I don't even do jokes no more. It's like, like they ain't ready for that. <laughs> like, you shoot shots, they take it some type of way. You call them on shooting shots, they take it some type mm-hmm. of way. It's like, yeah, you dissing that. But that's just funny. Yeah, even with, like, with that or, whacker thing, uh, part of the reason it got so bad is I had done that Jay-Z quote, like the, the one hot album every 10-year average. But I put issue instead of album. <laughs> and to me, it just means See, like, it will get the context. Yeah. <laughs> in my head, I was like, oh, it's funny because like they keep if they keep putting in like these fill-in artists who aren't great, then you're gonna get one hot issues every every 10. Like that's how it works. But to him, he was like, Oh, he's saying that this book sucks. He's like, hey, you don't like like because no, they don't they don't yeah. get it. 
They didn't listen to the takeover. They don't understand the you. They don't understand the rap historical significance of the of the takeover in the summer. Yeah, and like I learned so much from that, just in terms of what I can get away with and what I can't. Because like I definitely backed yeah, off gotta, a little bit on the rap jokes after that one. Your rap jokes got to be like eighty seven <laughs> to to eighty, like eighty to eighty seven, yeah. like anything. Maybe a little modern Jay Z or Kanye, if I can cheat a little bit. Or croissants. Joke. I don't even. I don't even like to talk about Kanye no more with, with a lot of people. He's so polarizing. Black or white, he's so polarizing in everything he's saying. Yeah. Sense. He doesn't always word it correctly, but it's like, I think he's much better in a song than he is in an interview a lot of times. Yes. Yes. But it's like a lot of the issues we're talking about with comics, he's literally talking about it within like fashion yeah. or or the design world a lot of people think he's bugging because they have no idea about the design world or the fashion world because they just don't know it they kind of see it in a magazine they keep it moving or they buy their clothes at TJ Maxx and they keep it Mm -hmm. moving but they don't understand like how white and how rich this is so like when he says like I don't agree with him about it being a class issue Mm -hmm. more than a race issue at a certain point like it is a class issue, but it's the fact that most people of color are put in the lower class yeah. is that like your message is like you're taking out a key component, but I completely understand what you're talking about on a worldwide scale because there's so many poor people and there's so few super rich people that it is in a certain way. They look on everybody like niggas. Yeah. And that's the thing where it's like you were talking about how uh, Ron had like that blade pitch. Like, after the Yeezys came out from Nike, they wouldn't return his phone calls. He just sold millions of dollars of sneakers. That shit. Like, I feel like it's a similar where somebody proves that they have, like, what's going on. Like, they prove they have something. But then, like, you just miss it because that's not how you do business. It's, it's like they didn't want to be told that the way they were doing things mm-hmm. was no longer the correct way like like you don't have a Michael Jordan anymore you're selling the past you're selling nostalgia to kids and as much as you want LeBron to be that he's not as much as you want Kobe to be that he's not as much as you want Kevin Durant to be that who sells a good ass shoe but Kanye sold more than Jordan that's just a lie. Yeah, line. absolutely. And and they fucked him over. And it's just like, that's, it bothered me because the way they released those Red Octobers, I was going to buy a pair and I was going to buy them. I was going to wear it to cons and just stunt on everybody. But <laughs> they released it. I was like looking at an apartment and they just did it off the sneak and they ain't selling nobody <laughs> nothing. And they just went out. And I was like, like I had the 235. I was like, I could have just, I would have bought two pair. I just to stunt yeah. on people. Just to stunt. Not to set it a flip, just to stun on. I, I'm waiting for those low top Yeezys to come out from Adidas this year. So those low tops look so much better. Yeah, than tops. <laughs> they look so like cold. New York Comic Con, man, it'd be on. People don't even understand. They don't understand. They don't understand. They don't understand. But yeah, like Kanye is such a de- divisive personality. It's like everything he says, things he do. And shoot, yeah, since we're still yeah. talking. The things he does in regards to talking about the natures of awards and what's actually good and them 
picking things over other things when, when everyone knows mm-hmm. all the peers know was actually the best, but they pick X to, for some other reason other than it being the best. It's also my same issue with comics when someone does some fuckboy mm-hmm. shit and another creator comes in and checks them publicly, but the person who checks them is now the Yeah, villain. because there's like, it's like that code of silence, like uh, the blue wall. Where it's like we're colleagues, like we got to be on the same team, and it's like, no, we're not. Like we just that do the same pops. job. Like that doesn't mean that we're friends or partners or that I co-sign anything that you do. Yeah, like we in the like yeah, we're in the same industry. That's it. Like I don't, I don't see Pepsi, fucking patent Coca Cola on the yeah. back every time they do something. Nah, like. That's not how this works. Like when Robbie Rodriguez came out against the Frank Cho joint, I was like, that's what I'm talking about. Like, yes, mm-hmm. that's your shit. How like he even asked you permission. Like, like, and then people was like, well, they, he doesn't really own the character. Like whatever, like spider Gwen, him and old boy made yeah, that Jason up. Jason Latour. They made that up. They put it out there. It got hot. It's on mm-hmm. them. That's their shit. I don't even know what type of contract they got with Marvel or some shit like that. They might have some nice little Rob, Rob Liefeld deal. They might get a little percentage of something if they use that. Who the fuck knows? We don't know. But in the end, that shit is living off his name. Mm-hmm. Him and Lancer's name. That's their shit. And they want to portray the character that way because it's their, it's their shit. That's their work. So Frank Cho got to come around and change it up. Like, he can do whatever he want. He ain't even drawing comics right now. He's just doing sketch covers and charging $800 for him. Nah, see, and people took it the wrong way. Like, dude was going to run up and punch Frank Cho in the face. He's not going to do that. But if he gave him a stern talking to in the con, he has the yeah, right Yeah, I think that's what we miss a lot is that public conversation. That's one thing that's good about rap is that as much as so much of the beef is nonsense, like, you'll, people will still get into it and have, have their whole argument in public. And everybody will be better for it. Yeah, like Young Thug was gonna call his mixtape the Carter Six. That was fucked yeah. up. And Lil Wayne was like, "Yo, that's fucked up. I don't fuck with that. Change that mm-hmm. shit. That's whack." Like, yeah, like that's what it's Though about. It's funny when uh, Weezy put out Five Hundred Degrees back in the day. Basically, the same thing. True, but at least they was on the same label. And was yeah. Friends. They say it was hot boys. <laughs> Young Thug just came out of nowhere with this yeah. shit. It's just, it's just, it's like if Juvie wanted to come out against him, he would be valid. Mm-hmm. And everybody would be like, all right, word. That works. But in comics, you say some shit like, you, you, you the bad guy. Cause these guys are masters. I'm like, y'all throw around masters too much. Y'all don't, <laughs> y'all don't walk around the all world enough to be talking about who is and ain't a master. Like, if you ain't seen a pain go for like six figures, I don't know if you know about this art life for real, for real. <laughs> like, I just been the last year going to nothing but like art shows every goddamn weekend. Like, I've seen some shit go for like what people make a year. Yeah. And like, People, that's bothers me too. People want to talk about art like they really know what the fuck they talking about. And like, you don't know shit about capital A art. Mm-hmm. You like comic books. You enjoy comic books. And most, you can talk about comic book illustration. You can't even talk about illustration as a whole. Yeah, that's a really specific thing, yeah. 
and it's like y'all don't even talk about comic strip artists like I think we thought our masters Gary Trudeau is a master he did Doomsbury for like 40 goddamn years the same shit and it was dope he wrote it himself Bill Waters is a master y'all don't be they don't be bigging him mm-hmm. up and these are people that like walk away or openly challenge their industries Bill Waters was like I ain't fucking with this yeah movie. he's not into the franchising yeah, Trudeau stay shooting shots at people. Like he just had that nice fucking speech calling out the Charlie Hebdo shit. Like, oh really? And that shit was wrong. Oh yeah, he was like, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll yeah, send it I to gotta you. read it's, that. It's a well, it's well written. Like what they was doing was fucked up. Like not endorsing them getting shot mm-hmm. or being dying, but it's not saying that, like what they did was great. Like what they, they were, it wasn't satire anymore. Like and I was like, yeah, like people, like that that bothers me. It's funny because like every time I like, every time I see a meme or some shit, especially from a geek talking about Kanye, I was like, you probably don't even listen to his music. Mm-hmm. You don't know he's great because you have no idea what he's done already. You don't know he has twenty one Grammys and he'll probably get two or three more next year, maybe even four more because he's producing Rihanna's album, <laughs> he's producing this person's album, and he's working with Sir Paul McCartney. You think you know more than Sir Paul McCartney? I don't think so. <laughs> he fucks with Kanye. Who at a certain point, who gives a fuck what you know? Like, like he's already changed music a bunch of times already. Like. To say he doesn't do anything great. I'm like, you fucking... Like, who are you? Like, you read Green Lantern. <laughs> Yet you're talking about what's great in music. Yeah, you're mad he... He didn't even stop back. <laughs> he just kind of jokingly walked up. Like, he did what everybody expected him to do and then didn't, like, do the full thing. Because it's a punchline. Like, he knows it's a punchline, and he was aware of that. So, like, he's not an idiot either, the way people like to talk. Yeah, like, he's, like, it's, like, that. that's, like, I have a lot of issues with, like, I don't always agree with how he says things, but I, like, like, I see Kanye, he's, like, a working class, you know, which is black middle class black dude from, like, the kind of suburb area. With like educated parents, he decided to drop out of school. He went to he got some college in, he got decent grades, and he made something else. And he's stupid. Like he fit. Like no, like no, he's not. Yeah. He just does. He says things at times you don't feel is appropriate, but these things are might not be appropriate as it is. These places. And he lives what he stands for. Like he gives away awards. He's giving yeah. up awards. Like, like a lot of these people rob people who don't stand for shit. Like at least he stands for something. Like, yeah, he he fucks with his daughter. Like he <laughs> cares about making uniforms for like Chicago's urban Chicago schools. Yeah, I don't give a fuck about them poor ass public schools. He seems to care. He gives money to him. That's yeah. I'm in the same boat with you where I don't always agree, but I'm trying to get to that same point where it's like I can put passion into action. Yeah. And it's like if I had a bunch of people putting cameras in my face, I would. Wild oh too. yeah. If I if I like I feel some type of way when people randomly walk up to me 
from some shit I said on Twitter or like a podcast I was on. I feel some type of way then. Mm-hmm. So I I don't even know how I would deal with the level of shit. No, I could never to. be famous. And the hate he gets because of some shit he said when he was drunk off half a bottle of Hennessy <laughs> and ran up on Taylor Swift to say some shit that everybody fucking knew. But like, nah, like if she got over it, y'all need to get the fuck yeah. over it. Oh man, we could talk about Kanye all day though. Y'all, he he fits his point, his place. Yeah. Like he is important. He's important because of what he brings. He's like the modern issue of like black males in society. Like he fits a lot of it, especially in those those circles where you're not you're not supposed to say mm-hmm. nothing, or you're not supposed to rock the boat. That creative circles, like. Yeah, I fuck like I fucks with Kanye. I fucks with Kanye. Man, oh man. All right, man. All right, man. You hold it down up there. You have a good afternoon out there in Oakland. Yeah, man. you too, man. And I'll definitely talk to you on Twitter. I will have to do this again in a couple months. Another State of the Union. Yeah, yeah. Maybe like around August. Yeah, or something. hopefully the police brutality chills out some, so we can have some fun. <laughs> Babe, I hope I hope yeah. hope things make some changes, but I don't know, man. I feel it's gonna be a hot yeah. summer. I feel like we need like a chill summer, just like tank tops and flip flop summer. But we'll see. Might be a do the right thing. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. All my life, hard times like yeah, bad trips like yeah. Nazareth, I'm fucked up, homie, you fucked up But if God got us, then we gon' be alright Nigga, we gon' be alright Nigga, we gon' be alright We gon' be alright Do you hear me? Do you feel me? We gon' be alright Nigga, we gon' be alright Huh? We gon' be alright Nigga, we gon' be alright Do you hear me? Do you feel me? We gon' be alright Uh, and when I wake up I recognize you looking at me for the pay cut Bahamas, I be looking at you from the face down One Mac 11, even boom with the face down Skimming, now let me tell you about my life Painkillers only put me in a twilight With pretty pussy and Benjamin is the highlight Now tell my mama I love her, but this what I like Lord knows, 20 of them in my Chevy Tell them all to come and get me Reaping everything I sow So my karma come in heaven No preliminary hearings on my record I'm a motherfucking gangster in silence for the record uh. Tell the world I know it's too late Boys and girls, I think I've gone great Trying to side my faces all day Won't you please believe when I say When you know we've been hurt, been down before Nigga, when our pride was low Looking at the world like, where do we go? Nigga, and we hate poor poor Wanna kill us dead in the street for sure Nigga, I'm at the preacher's door My knees getting weak and my gun might blow But we gon' be alright Live at the